0: Hello, this is Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno.
1: I'm Joan. and I'm JP.
0: How's it going, lads? So uh, good to be back on our, our second week. Uh, how many people just think we scared off last week with all the uh, the soap talk and the, the dog wanking talk? Uh, hopefully, people are still around for episode two.
2: <laughs> well, like those dogs have been wanked uh, sufficiently. <laughs> oh, <no>. uh, that's... <laughs>
0: We, we, we I, I feel like we, we've made as much effort as we can to get kicked off Grapple and somehow we're still here. We're, we're doing well for week two.
1: Sorry, Gareth. <laughs> yeah, we've we've yeah, we've yeah kind of pushed the boundaries out there. But uh, you know what? We're not apologising. We're just going to carry on. Yeah, so Rather like Theresa May, against all considerable logic. Don't but... go there. Yeah, that's a terrible analogy. Yeah. I backtrack immediately. Don't, don't go there. The reason I've watched Little
2: Wrestling this week is because I've been watching, I don't know, news-related news related uh, programming all week, and just been yeah, it's just bleak, yeah. bleak, isn't it? Rather than pro wrestling, you've been wrestling with indicative votes coverage. Yeah, that's a good, a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We need will cooling on if we're gonna talk all that stuff. Um,
0: yeah, I did. Uh, I did. I had a little look at the stats for our first week. We did pretty well. I did notice it was a very, very British audience. Hopefully, the American users of Grapple gravitate towards us. But hey, we are British. We're. Uh, we're a podcast about what we've been watching but it's always going to be from a, a british perspective isn't it um you, you know you could people the americans will be able to one tell from the accents because obviously you know but you can tell with my accent and obviously you two sound exactly alike which is what i heard in germany <laughs> Uh, and you'll be able to tell from the references as well. Uh, the Barry Grant uh, bonus at the end of the last episode. Oh. Hopefully people got to. Uh, put it on YouTube, Joe. You're famous. we got several uh, clicks on that too. Oh,
2: uh, there's, a, there's quite a lot of me on YouTube, but I won't tell you what else is on YouTube there. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, well. regarding me, but yeah, as a, and, I'm a YouTube star.
0: Anytime I search <laughs> Joe Lemon on the internet, I come up with that other Joe Lemon who's got like a motivational podcast.
2: Like, oh, you know, yeah. Some saving guy. I've never found you. Though. Uh, yeah. Say it again. I've never found you, though. I reckon I could do a good motivational podcast, given <laughs> given
1: half a chance. <laughs> I'd listen to it. Well, um, you're always so upbeat and positive, isn't it? That's... Well,
2: it'd be a, a podcast about, I don't know, being realistic in your aims and goals in life. <laughs> yeah. Rather than, I don't know. I don't know what this other Joe Lemon's like, but yeah. But um yeah, but I don't think any of the American listeners are going to know about Barry Graham. I'm not sure Brookside was broadcast stateside, but. <laughs> have you, so have right you been watching him? Now it's EastEnders.
0: Have you been watching him making his debut in EastEnders? I've been getting messages from people asking whether, uh, whether you've seen it or not. Uh, I, I believe he, he squared up to, to Phil Mitchell, uh, EastEnders legend. I don't know. If you imagine, for, again, for the Americans or for anyone else, from a wrestling point of view, it's like. I don't know, Monday Night Wars, Sting turning up on Raw, basically, you know, to to laugh. Right.
2: An old uh, colleague of mine from uh, mine and JP's place of work, who uh, unfortunately went on to pass his new over in Essex, um, she couldn't resist living on the kind of fringes of EastEnders, uh, me and her, uh, Kate, I occasionally get texts from her telling me about some element of EastEnders going on and basically forcing me to watch it. Um, it's not hard to force me to watch it. I will quite willingly go in and, <laughs> you know, when Danny Dyer was in prison, I was straight back on, for example, comedy Gold. But this week there were a few texts flying back and forward about <laughs> Barry Grant. But i got to confess, as much as I love Barry Grant, me and this person in question, we were much bigger fans of Des Tavner, Barry Grant's character in The Bill, where he played like this absolute badass who just would take no prisoners, like pro- proper police involved, Baz. <laughs> and uh, it feels like he's, re- he's basically doing that character in EastEnders. I, what I did before the podcast, I knew this was going to come up. Mm. So I went on to iPlayer. I found out his debut episode and I just ran through and watched his scenes. Oh, okay. So I've only seen him in one episode uh, when he's in the car. No, he's in the um, garage. The garage with Phil and he says something to Sharon. I think he refers to her as chicken. So I was like, chicken? Like, I'm not, not, not sure about that one, Baz. Maybe, uh, is that not sexist in some way? But what would you expect? What accent is Harry? he doing? Oh, he's a proper scouts. Oh, he, He's fun. he's only ever going to be scouts. He was a scout with the bill. He's been down in London for years now. It was 2001, I think, he came into the bill. Oh, wow. So he's been down here a while. Um, yeah, so it looks promising for, uh, for Danny Hardcastle. And I will be tuned in to see what happens between him and Phil because, you know what, we never got Austin versus Goldberg. <laughs> and now we're getting Austin versus Goldberg <laughs> on Albert Square.
3: <laughs> uh,
2: Finally. <laughs> shout out to joe mills who did like a, a mock-up of
0: uh of phil mitchell and barry Grant. So i think it was set to wrestle more like a wrestlemania x7 uh rock and austin but austin and goldberg i think that's a bit more that, that that fits more the uh the
2: wcw versus wwf the the rivalry you thought you'd never see well barry was over on on brook's side you know uh plying his trade over there uh, undefeated streak on brook's side you know man about the close him and terry do you remember terry
1: mm. his best mate yeah mm. Like the St- oh, I watched some stuff of his on YouTube, but you carry on. Like the
2: Steiner brother to <laughs> that day, to some extent. Really were. Like, you get Phil and him, Phil and Grant against Terry and Barry. That's a dream match, right there, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it really is. I was watching some Terry and Barry stuff when he'd pushed Danny and I want to say oh, Sue so. the, off the yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I ended up watching that. that. Brookside the Lost Weekend, where they'd start swearing all the time.
2: Oh, was that one of those ones they released on VHS? Yes, yeah, I never saw it. It is, 18 I remember,
1: certificate. I remember wow, seeing it in ass. That's Asda. hardcore. Like oh, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm so, from so, Liverpool and I've
0: not seen half the Brookside you apparently have, GP.
1: Oh, my, I was. my mum, she absolutely loved it. So she, Same as my mum, yeah. yeah. So she was watching, but to carry on the WCW analogy, it's it went wild with the storylines and for, Jimmy Corkill became a I think we've said this before, but he became a, a head teacher and he had been a crack addict and had, had a lengthy record So how he passed. He was
2: a crack addict about chain. two years before that. Introdu- how did
1: the PGCE mate my, let alone get promoted to head
2: teach My introduction to work. drugs was Jimmy Corkill. I didn't know <laughs> what drugs were until Jimmy Corkill was like I don't know, like root and heroin on Brookside. I remember Ron Dixon found him on some like yard, like like off his tits on some heroin and picked up a needle. And my mum often to explain what it was to me. <laughs> yeah, int-
0: like- I think I think my introduction to drugs was Saved by the Bell when um, Jesse was uh, was was a cocaine she was on, and she was dancing all crazy and Zach had to Jesus. calm her down. That was kind of it was a very hardcore story for Saved by the Bell. Um, yeah, singing. I'm so excited at the time. Not ring any bells with you guys, like kids TV. Yeah, if it was quite. Like I was thinking this the other day. Somebody put a poll up about Moesha as well. I don't know if you were fans of that, but I learned so
1: this much where about my race. Age separates me from all of this. I was okay. much oh, more oh, into yeah,
2: race
0: relations, all kinds from that.
2: Oh, I was much more into British TV. I never was really into that much. Like if I was watching a Nickelodeon show, it was Renford Rejects all oh, day. Oh, that was
0: great. <laughs> yeah. What was the Italian kid called who uh, played Bruno DeGrady. That's it. Yeah, he was great. What a character. And
2: I that came at a point where i was like in love with italian football as well <laughs> and in one episode when he becomes boring barry gray uh, and then he finds his italian mojo at the end and he starts dating a uh, yes. sister from eastenders at the end of it <laughs> that bit always stood out oh,
0: yeah, that was <laughs> yeah i think for me it was more the american stuff like i was more into like nickelodeon uh, moesha california dreams that was a big one Is this all after your time jp
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. This is you, you're saying these names. I I can vaguely remember the being. What were so. you into, mate?
0: What yeah. was the uh, what was the show at the time? What was um?
1: Oh, jesus oh, I'm yeah. a Danger Grove. Man. Generation. A Grove. Boy, yeah. Grange Hill. Grange Hill. Oh, yeah. Grange Grange Hill. Zamo. Oh, I Yeah.
2: Grange Hill NXT. Uh-
1: for
0: uh, for EastEnders basically. It's like the uh, oh, really East Enders is WWE. That's like the the amount of people I remember watching like old Grange Hills, like Mark was in it, all the other like, all
2: all the characters when they were younger.
0: Like it was the breeding out. Yanker,
2: yeah. yeah. Steve, uh yeah, loads of them. Uh, but yeah, you could get a pretty yeah. good roster out of that.
1: Like. L- little Jimmy Corkill's kind of like Juice Robinson in the sense that he went over to Brookside.
2: Well, he was a scouser at Grange Hill. Was I know? Why, why yeah. was scouser here?
1: Well, he's a bit like Juice Robinson, deciding to kind of ply his trade over in New Japan, isn't he? <laughs> Somewhat going over at Brookside and not going into the East Enders route.
2: Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's a good route for him though. What's, I wonder what he's up to these days. Who knows? Maybe work.
1: Hopefully doing a run-in at a TNT show soon enough. We can only hope. I think that's
0: too niche. Yeah, even for TNT.
1: It's nice to see how we're trying to cater to the potentially wider audience that might be <laughs> to us. <That's> okay. <laughs> that, if that IRA
0: outro last time didn't chase anyone off JP, if they're still here now, then, but you know, there we go. We, uh,
1: none, none of them have paid for it, so as far as <laughs> And they they can listen to what they're giving.
0: <laughs> well, on topic, I was going to mention the another thing from last week. Like we were pretty harsh on. Um, we're going to talk what we've been watching the last week, but we're also going to talk a little bit about WrestleMania weekend at the end. But just maybe is a yeah. little bit of a preview of that. We were so hard on Ring of Honor, I had to laugh. Like I put the episode out, and then a few hours later, they put, actually put out the SuperCard of, of Honor card. Actually, it looks decent. I think. The, oh yeah. I think the new mm. Japan side has helped, doesn't it? Because we were burying the ring of honor end of that card but what new japan have put together and uh and given us is actually really interesting it's like you know Zack saber versus tanahashi naito versus ibushi that thing looks really like the, the show of the weekend now i've got a, a full 180 on what we were saying last week
2: oh absolutely i was sh- quite shocked if i'm honest when i saw that card and saw those announcements uh naito Abushi, madison square mm. garden that's going to be great. Like, What what an occasion for that sort of match. Yeah. Uh, Zach as well getting yeah. to face Tanahashi at the Garden, Dreamer Tanahashi's. I'm sure Tanahashi's going to go all out in that match if it's you know on his bucket list of things to do before he retires. Mm. You've also got Jeff Cobb Ospreay on there as well. Like That card kind of transformed overnight when those announcements
1: came out. Mm. Yeah. It was like the, the great kind of add-on from the New Japan Cup. Um, in terms of other stories being created to kind of build up this show. But it has just immediately given it a lot of star power with those two matches in there.
2: Yeah, I could do about the Bully Ray Street Fight Invitational or whatever that is. Mm. But there's enough good stuff on this card now to kind of... E count the shit to be honest so yeah looking definitely. forward to it more than i was uh last time we recorded that's for sure
0: yeah definitely i think in, in general there's a bit more positivity surrounding that of so brands in new japan i don't know if you saw in the observer melter gave um okada sonata the full five stars oh. doesn't, even, doesn't even get a headline anymore when big dave does that i mean he's He's broke his own system. We are the official podcast of Grapple, so we're going to mention star ratings from time to time. He wouldn't be able to log on to Grapple, Dave, because it literally goes up to five stars. It's come to something, hasn't it, when, when Melter can throw out a five stars like that on a match that I enjoyed, but I would never have called it a five-star match. and Nobody really bats an eyelid, do they, anymore? It's not a it's not a big news story anymore when he does it.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't have rated... I think I went four and a quarter on that one. Yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't I did five stars didn't even enter my head at that one. Mm. I remember looking through his five stars. I remember when I was at school and I remember finding a website in year eleven, and a GeoCities website that listed <laughs> every single Dave Meltzer three-star above match, mm. and making notes of them to try and like find them, and to try and find matches that I wanted to see. And like seeing a five-star rating was like this huge deal. I remember like the first—I'm trying to think of—like ma- the first time I saw the Helena Cell, the Shawn Michaels Undertaker match, being mm. like. Like couldn't wait to see it. because It was a five star. Didn't think it was a five star match. Was really disappointed, and I've oh, been really no. disappointed with that no. match oh, every no. time I've watched it. But, <laughs> but, get lot yeah, of. I don't, I don't get it. It's a match that doesn't do anything. I, I for don't me. get the mankind one, but I do get the Sean one. I love, I love the drama of that one. The, the, the Sean selling, oh fantastic. Oh, the selling's great, but I, I don't know. I've never got into them I don't know what it is about that match there's something about it that I've just never invested in or been able to kind of
1: although thinking back on it now it's kind of the ending that I remember and the drama of how they kind of played it with with, perhaps with it's kind of kane's entrance perhaps and the, rest. The, the 22 years of kane we've suffered so <laughs> yeah,
2: just oh hear. that was a
0: big moment at the time i remember I, I think i watched it live i don't know whether it would have been would it have been live on sky sports gp or whether i watched it the morning after it would have been on the no, time anyway
1: I think, no i think this was live because i was at university and i had cable and i remember seeing that but like recording it mm. on, on video jesus going back that far yeah, twenty-two <laughs> years ago. God, I feel old. <laughs> just having repeated all of that. But yeah, it was on. It was on live on Sky Sports.
2: Yeah. But yeah, a five-star match yeah. was an event. Yeah. <laughs> now it's just kind of like, eh,
1: whatever. Yeah. Not
2: surprised.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I, I well, don't
2: I don't see where he's coming from.
0: But I enjoyed that match. But I think he's the the high man on that. I've not seen anyone else go that high on.
1: Looking looking at the average rating on Grapple, it's four point three five. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, for what it is and and I think that's fair enough I think like you I went 4 and a quarter hmm. this what there's no shame in that it's perfectly yeah, that suggests it's a really good match to go and see. Like a five star match, I think. Let me think of a, a match
2: I would write five stars. Uh, Undertaker Michaels from WrestleMania twenty five. There you go. Yeah. I've watched that a million times. Rock and Austin from WrestleMania seventeen. Mm. I've watched a million times. You know, it just they've got a watchability where you want to watch them again over and over and over. I don't think I'll ever watch a Carter Sonada ever again. I've got mm. no desire to ever watch that again. Yeah, I think it that's... just feels like a very very good Carter match. It's kind of the noise of like these last three
0: years isn't it like the amount of matches mm. like you'll throw out like i'll be on grapp and i'll throw out four stars like it's nothing now but that's like that's a really good rating for a match and there's so many matches like the new japan cup like are we really going to remember a lot of those matches in a few years that, that, that i honestly gave you know four stars to um i think it's the glut of you know top level matches that that we get these days where nothing stands out and i think it's I don't know, the attitude of the wrestlers now where people are outright going out to do that, whereas you might, you know, in the past, people don't. Um, you know, it was more... It, it was less about about appealing to melter than it quite clearly is now on a, on a meta level. And, and otherwise, I think it says something to the, the time we're in as well, doesn't
1: it? I, yeah, I think so. And, and the way that we absorb wrestling mm-hmm. and we're able to kind of pick and choose matches at a time, we don't have this scarcity of, of what... I had as a kid when I'd be getting, I'd have watched all of WrestleMania one through uh, ten on Silver Vision. Just would have watched mm-hmm. it, you know, relentlessly because there wasn't that much else to be able to watch. Now I get to pick and choose, which means it's kind of like you're selecting great songs out of many more albums than you had ever any chance to ever do so before, mm. rather than being absorbing entire albums. Does that make any sense? No, it does. Yeah. I used to, like albums I was into when I was younger,
2: I didn't have many CDs, I didn't have a lot of money when I was 14, so like, I could, I know every word to Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses still to this day, because I just listened to it on repeat I didn't have many other albums, Limp Bizkit, Chocolate Starfish, I know most of the words of that album still as well. Yeah, I can tell you the words to my simple. way, of the rest. Ah, oh, mate, you're missing out on stuff like uh, hot dog and uh, living life in the fu- four Nelson, and the Full Nelson cracking chew. <laughs> Stand up today.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing with Meltzer star ratings. Like he'll, he, he, he's kind of gone with him giving Kenny seven stars. He's kind of trying to say that wrestling's you know gone. It's better now than it was. Which you know all the fans who look at some of like say the old Japan matches that he gave four and a half stars to. Anything there's no way. You know, there's no way, for example, you know, that Jay White versus uh, a Jay White match is, is any better than that or Okada-Sanada's any better than that. Um, does Limp Biscuit uh, hold up in the same way? Is it still still a five-star <laughs> Is it, is it um, gone down with time?
2: been a few years since I've listened to it Uh, but last time I listened to it I had a thoroughly great time rapping along to uh, all the F words on Hot Dog and yeah uh, talking about living life in the fast saying like a crazy motherfucker and all the rest of it (laughs) a bit bit of nostalgia but it's a weird one because like five star matches I would watch over and over again as well like I think of the amount of times I watched say Joe Kabashi for Mm. example Ring of Honor or the McGuinness Danielson matches or um, Kabashi Shima from uh, 2003, for example, mm. um, if we're talking about an actual match to place in Japan. And now I feel like I don't go back and watch matches of that level anywhere near as much as I previously did. Like Towards the end of the year, I might re-watch a lot of matches to decide on like my ratings, my rankings with matches at the end of the year. But it's rare that I'll go back and watch, say... I'm trying to think of a five-star match. Uh, Nakamura Tanahashi in the G1 final in 2015 I thought was a five-star match. I've not seen it since 2015. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Joe Kobashi happened in 2005, and by 2009, I've probably seen the match 10 times.
0: Oh, well, I was there. I was there. Yeah. The times, <laughs> Lucky bastard. <laughs> Alex, he won the ticket as well. Alex
2: Shane pulled through for you on that one, eh?
0: <laughs> he did, he did. Good man. Hey, and I was mcginnis and uh, and Nigel, nigel mcginnis and uh, brian i'm trying to think if i've been actually at i think joe Koboshi was i thought was was a five star Meltzer gave and i was at the original dragon gate six man at ring of honor that he gave five stars as well which i I, even on the night i felt was a little bit i loved it but i don't know five stars felt a bit strong saying that though it's influenced gabe sapolsky because he's he's tried to recreate that every year since and i think he's the only man who cares now in 2019 (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm with you i was at the undertaker michael's wrestlemania 25 match and he didn't give that five stars and how that didn't get five stars and sonata and Akada did you know what i mean like mm. it's one of those things you weigh up against one another and you figure the scale change like mm. what has impacted that like that's an iconic match that's created a lasting memory and the work and it was incredible as well is anyone going to be talking about this Akada and sonata match in what? Well, Next week, I doubt. it. <laughs> no, and
0: I didn't plan on it unless uh, unless Melzer gave it the five. Like I would, I probably wouldn't have thought about it again. But again, I think that says something for the the time we're in. Uh, but I uh, stick to Grapple. We've got a maximum of five stars on the Grapple app. Uh, you can't break the scale. You can't be thrown out seven stars. So, you know that's probably. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. Film ratings changed over the years, hasn't it? I think it went from was four star, the norm, like in the late 80s, early 90s, and it became five. That's enough. I don't think we need to mess around with it anymore. I think Gareth and Grapple have got it right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for, I suppose uh, tying into that, we were going to talk. Uh, part of what we were watching was the Kenny Omega documentary, but just checking before mm-hmm. I go forward, I, I did take a couple of notes from these there I don't know if you're interest in talking about Cain Velasquez in
2: AAA or <laughs> Linda <laughs> McMahon leaving uh, Donald Trump's cabinet. They were Are couple of notes. two specialist topics for JP. That's <laughs> why as <laughs> as as I put them I I in the notes. Cain Velasquez, I was
1: like, ah, oh, excellent. More AAA JP could watch. <laughs> you hyped JP? You're going to watch it? <laughs> Obviously, I'll be watching. Because it's also on Twitch and on their Facebook. Page, so I don't have to pay anything for it as well. I'll be watching for that. I'll be watching how they're going to balls it up. They haven't set up a match. They've sort of set up, what is it, potentially one of four people. And he was wearing a mask mm. um, at one point during the press conference. He's really into it. Like, obviously, they've got Seiko Clown down there. I think it was LA. Was it LA Park? I don't
0: know. Pentagon. A few, other
1: lads, sure. a few other lads in there. Yeah. Um, Triple Mania. I mean, I want to I watch it with you, Joe, this year.
0: <laughs> Triple, mania? Triple do, mania. I have set up the YouTube page for Grapple Spotlight. Should we do a live watch-along?
2: Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no. No. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. If, I get, if I can get a cheap train, I'd even come down to Oxford for it. Go
2: on. If you come down, I'll do it. But,
1: uh... <laughs> when is Triple Mania? August. Time to buy.
2: If I'm around, maybe
1: I'll be tempted. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's there was that time. one, and and Linda McMahon leaving. There's been loads of cabinet officials who've left Trump's shit show of a of a government. Um, so it's 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 a strange one because I think it, there was a MSNBC commentator I think his name's Hans Nichols hmm. who made a reference to about uh, like he he came across as a bit of a smirk when he was talking about it, and he was talking about. It being wrestling that she's going back to, but is it going back to sports entertainment or is it going back to wrestling? And I thought that was a nice little comment. I, I but saw um, him. So she's going to be on TV. Yeah,
0: I, well, I saw Bix throw a little barb out saying that you know it's gone under the radar. She doesn't even live with Vince anymore. That's a bit of gossip for you. They, they don't, they don't oh, sleep I, in the same bed. They not together. Apparently, they're still together. They just don't. Li- they haven't been living together while she's been in government. So is she going back to uh, back home with Vince, or is she going to continue to live separate? It feels very house of cards. Um, yeah. What, what,
2: what yeah. Do you think Vince will end up kissing a man in secret at some point, <laughs> or was it security guard? Isn't it? House cards? Yeah. yeah. Remember when that was yeah. good?
0: That was a long time ago, and it was before. It
2: was uh, very the, I prefer the British House of Cards. Uh, yeah, much better. <laughs> 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 yeah. What was I going to say? Um, the thing with Velasquez is—is is he a wrestler? I know Cor Corbin, uh, Cormier. No. <laughs> Sorry, I've got. British politics on the mind, obviously. <laughs> Cormier is a massive wrestling fan, isn't he? And they want on SmackDown with the rest of it. And mm. Cormier is always great talking about wrestling. I've never heard Cain Velazquez outside of his appearance at the Performance Centre, mm. talking wrestling before.
1: By all accounts. I mean, I'm going on... A lot of this is reported in The Observer, His obviously. name is Cain. Yeah, that's it, yeah.
2: His name is Cain. <laughs> spelt the way that it was meant to be spelt when Cain the Undertaker... Cain the Undertaker was
0: okay, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so if it was like McGregor, it would make more sense. Like that's the other rumor, isn't it, with him uh, allegedly retiring? Um, that, that he that well, he was consider well, he's considering wrestling again. I don't think there's any legs in that. I think he's just. Uh, he's I think the- he's got
1: a, a lot more other stuff that he needs to be thinking about. Poked- <laughs> <laughs> he was posting
0: pictures on Instagram today of himself boxing, so he's clearly uh, teasing that as well. But yeah, he's got Mate, some, uh, real life issues most, to
2: deal with. The most likely thing he'll be doing is. Doing some prison time, maybe a bit of I don't know community service at a wrestling show, wanking Tony Khan's dogs off or something. <laughs> like, you know,
0: oh, he's he's it's funny. He's
2: got he's got bigger things on his mind at the moment than Triple H.
0: Like those rumors about him, like it's like I mean I don't know if you'd heard them like in the in the months before. Oh yeah, like it's one of those. I remember it's like whenever like in Liverpool, whenever there's like a footballer, who's, like, like like the Steven Gerrard stuff. Like I'd go to yeah. work on a Monday, and they'd be like, oh, have you heard the latest on Steven Gerrard? People would be like exchanging texts about this secret story that hasn't made the papers. That's what McGregor felt like. Um, like even To be honest, actually, even when he came over to Liverpool, there was all kinds of stories about him. When he came over to, to Aintree races, uh, I watched them on Jimmy Fallon the other night, he, which was the same night that he announced his retirement, and he was talking about potentially fighting in July. The man couldn't look any more coked up. Uh, I think he's yeah, yeah. definitely spoke to those rumors, aren't there?
1: Yeah, um, he, he's a mess. He's looked a mess for a really long time. Yeah. And it's amazing how he's lost all of the goodwill. Because I don't think, I mean, if you, I don't live there, but if you gauged Irish opinion on it, it seems to have done a real 180 mm-hmm. in terms of how he's behaved over the last year. And in terms of wrestling, Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, there will come a point where I can imagine him doing it, but, at the same time, I think with all of the potential legal issues, and these have been stories that have been going around for a while, at RTE were sort of suggesting it was going to be commented on quite a while back, but never went the whole hog of identifying him.
2: Well, they leaked that document, didn't they? Or well, there was some sort of RTE document
1: leak, yes, wasn't there, that kind of confirmed it was him in January, was it? Yes, that he'd been at a plea. He'd been... He'd been um, charged at a Dublin police station, or he'd handed himself in. He'd handed yeah, in. yeah, yeah, something along those lines. Mm. Um, but in terms of him like coming to wrestling, I mean, <sighs> Becky's and, and corner. This... Man? Well, maybe him and Colby Covington. He seemed oh, to no. love all that stuff as well. Yeah, that, that was yeah. bully.
0: <laughs> bully Ray had that idea, didn't he? Of uh, put Connor in Becky's corner, put Ric Flair in Charlotte's <laughs> corner, and. Um... What's uh, what's Rhonda's uh, trainer slash block Oh, Travis or, Brown. Travis Brown. That's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Oh,
2: uh, he's just nowhere near the size of star that yeah. the other two are. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, that that's a bad... you've got to find sort Dana in Ronda's corner Covington would be much work. more suitable. Yeah, that'll be. Say cool. again. Covington could
0: work, but I'd take Dana too.
2: Oh yeah, Dana in the corner, and they they yeah. could spark up the rumours about them two again as well. But you know, she probably, yeah. probably, probably doesn't want that, does she? So we, we
0: started talking about Linda McMahon. You could redo that McMahon in every corner, or Angle, but just yeah, have all them there. Oh, like... I
2: love that. I was a massive fan of that. At the oh, time. It was get, awful. Come get on.
1: Asker in, in the last week. I <laughs> <laughs> think get, get someone else. In get Kabashi in her corner. <laughs> or something. Oh.
2: Inoki, there you go. There you go. <laughs> He's at the in. Hall of Fame. Well, again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> shall anyway. We, shall we get into what we've no, been watching? Oh, we've got well off the rails already. Uh
0: we've got like a mixed bag of stuff we've been watching this week. Uh, there's a documentary in there, a uh, couple of Brit Red shows, quite a lot of TV as well. Should we uh, like we said, should we start with the uh, the Omega documentary that we all got a chance to yeah. see? We all, uh, Absolutely. this was Omega Man, which aired on TSN in Canada. And I know that because the copy that JP managed to wrangle for the three of us was uh, us watching some guy watching his own TV, <laughs> literally pressing fast forward and pausing during the advert, showing us all the, the food and beer adverts. It took me back to, uh, to days gone by watching uh, bad copies of torrents and stuff. Uh, it's a it's a documentary. That, yeah, I'm guessing a lot of people listening won't have had the chance to see because you can only see it in Canada. But even if it is an illegal, means you have to find it on it. Uh, I would say it's all well worth checking out.
2: Yeah, cheers for finding it. You're a you're a man who knows how to get an hooky copy of anything, <laughs> aren't you?
1: Pretty much. It all stems from my has... dad getting a hooky copy of Crocodile Dundee <laughs> in in the mid '80s, nice. and then a hookie copy of RoboCop, hooky copy of Total Recall. Wow, I watched far too many times. hooky copy of Cobra. You're the modern day man in a pub selling dodgy VHSs or dodgy
2: DVDs at your satchel. See it right
0: now with the hat on. Perfect.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely got the accent as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What did you make the documentary
1: anyway? Um, I. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I mean, naturally Mm. enough, it's a it's a wrestling documentary. It's it's made very well. It's very 30 for 30, isn't it? Mm. Um
2: Yeah, I thought it was in presentation and style, not so much in subject matter and delivery. No.
1: Mm. Um I suppose if there's one issue with it is it's 48 minutes. Mm. And it's something that needs to be really an hour and a half because in the 48 minutes what they've chosen to go along with and really focus on is the golden lover story. Mm. Which is which is a really interesting story but if you're expecting a wrestling documentary that's kind of like very behind the scenes of uh, of how it is it's it's like a very different take on that as much yeah. as anything and there's a lot of blurring of the lines that is that is going on but it feels like and he's hinted at it himself, that there's lots of other footage out there where there's the various contract wranglings with New Japan and All Elite that's coming into play, whether or not that stuff would ever get released, because that would completely change the nature of it the sounds documentary like as well. like wrestling as shadows. And, like, uh,
0: he did there's in, been a lot of, kind of
1: comparisons mm,
0: of that. He did an oh, interview really? with John Pollock, didn't he, on post, where mm. Pollock was asking him about that, and... Kenny was kind of, to your point, JP, Kenny was kind of saying, yeah, the problem in Japan is there's a different attitude to kayfabe, and you can't, as far as access goes, it's a lot more difficult, which kind of explains why well, we didn't get a lot of that stuff. But at the same mm-hmm. time, yeah, you kind of, Pollock kind of made the, the joke that, yeah, it's it all kind of happened around the time Kenny was ready to leave New Japan, and you could have like a lot of uh, wrestling with shadows type footage on the cutting room floor.
2: Interesting, yeah. If, if there was ever a chance of getting a different cut of it, I'd be <laughs> oh, absolutely really kind of looking forward to seeing that, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I think one thing that I sort of gathered from it was, man, that Ibushi Omega match, If when it next happens, seems even bigger oh. now after this documentary. It, yes. it was almost like a promotional piece, uh, sort of building the fight up, if anything, like, uh, mm. you know, like the pieces HBO and Showtime do before a big boxing match. Oh, and- yeah at at the feel of one of those sort of sort of shows the if type, anything the type of stuff AEW should be doing
0: going forward like yeah absolutely it it, re- it reminded me of that like of how intriguing that story was uh, and I, 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 to be honest again maybe it talks to the slew of wrestling we're exposed to these days but i'd not really thought about it in a while and it just reminded me how much money was left on the table in both more golden lovers singles matches but more golden lovers tanks as well like I'd entirely forgotten about the whole stuff with that. That the 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 reason it all kind of kicked off was Cody turning on Kenny Omega. Like how quickly did we forget mm. that ever happened? If if it really felt like that was a big takeaway for me, JP, that there was just with that story and with you know with more things you can do with the Golden Lovers, there's there's loads of money on the table to be swept up. That hopefully AW or New Japan can can do something with still because it would be a real shame if this was all we got.
1: It would be a real shame, but I don't know if, if you two get the same vibe of this. But there seems to have been a lot more kind of potential rumblings. I know Kenny again was very, you know, he's like he speaks generally in code at the best of times, but saying that there was, he can work really wherever he wants. He doesn't, you know, he's not necessarily restricted being. Oh, he'll be back. And it's very hard to think that wouldn't be the case. It, you know, that hmm. there is a natural story that can set itself up from, you know omega being in the g1 to the fact that there's two domes and it Mm. is the kind of match that if you've got the heavyweight title on one card and you've got omega Abushi on the uh, on the other you're giving yourself a hell of a chance to do some serious business over those two days Mm. um we've we've spoken to this before and the kind of the idea of the loyalty to ring of honor at this point but realistically i mean Access to Omega and access to um, some of the people who are under AEW contract should be much more of a priority. Oh, access uh, to Omega is, uh, is, the, he is, is more, is more than anything. The
2: whole Rig of Honor roster.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll agree
0: with that. I, I, do you see it? Could it happen at Supercard of Honor? Like, I, I, you know, I don't think it will. But watching this documentary and watching Kenny do the interviews, you know, do the interview Mm. rounds and just generally how he's been talking, it reminds me of you know when he'd do like those observer radios with Meltzer where he'd be Mm. like, Oh, you know, there's been a lot of contractor talk and he's he's quite clearly working, Dave. It feels like he's working right now. I I really do think that he's imminently coming back to New Japan and I know there's the ring of honor problem, but there wouldn't be a better time to do it. I mean, they're going really hard. The elite are going really hard on we're not gonna be in New York, but I don't know if I believe
2: them. Right. With Omega, I can't see him being a super card of honor because of Ring of Honor politics that are involved with it as well, mm. which that is phrase, unfortunate. Ring of
1: Honor politics. Yeah.
2: It would yeah. be But well, they're convinced that they've sold the builder now, aren't <laughs> they? And they've got to keep fooling themselves and telling themselves. Yeah, that true. It's the equivalent of, I don't know, um, uh, Bret Hart and I'm trying to think of a match off the top of my head. It's the equivalent of Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage claiming they sold out WrestleMania three. Mm. Even though they had the best match on the night, they mm. didn't sell it out, did they, at the end of the day? Um, that's a bad that's a bad comparison. But yeah, Ring of Honor are fool of themselves. I can't see him turning up on the night. But I think Omega's way of working people is really interesting mm. because he's working people. But he comes across like he's being completely honest and he gives you a lot while working you. It's like a smarter postmodern way of working fans and working journalists. It's not like the Hulk Hogan bullshit approach to working people where you just know that every single thing that's coming out of his mouth is absolute shit mm. um, and he's just a complete carny. This is kind of like postmodern carny, modern day carny, if anything.
1: It's one of the things that and I know, I don't know if you've seen as much of the uh, the kind of him doing the Canadian talk show circuit, Joe, but you've seen a bit of it, haven't you, Benno? Him, obviously him and John Pollock, but I, I oh. saw him on a show called The Social, and you talk about that sort of postmodern way of, of working, the way that he, you know, just a bit shy, but very considered. In how he speaks, and it's much more wrestling as art is the perspective he's coming from. So he's kind of acting like a like an actor would do if they're being interviewed on the View, mm. and he'll behave that way. And there's aspects of his personal life that he doesn't really necessarily feel that the world needs to know, which is mm. completely fair enough. Um, and that's and that's and that's a much better technique than kind of coming in with the the kind of chip on the shoulder wrestler stuff that we've seen so many times so much in the past.
0: Yeah, I, I mean I would I'd say that like that interview circuit and the documentary is kind of the most likable I've found him in a while to that point. Like mm-hmm. I do think that he's someone who kind of, you know, in being the elite, I don't really love him and his New Japan run towards the end, I wasn't really loving him. But I thought he came across really likely there, but likeable there. But a big thing I was gonna say is to what you were saying, JP. The golden lover stuff and the talking around there, is it a gay story? Is it not? A lot of talking in code you know about his personal life what did you make of all that i think that's it was an interesting editorial choice wasn't it to to focus on that so much during Mm. like the the documentary itself but i found it interesting that kenny still talks about that stuff very guarded i don't know if it's a japan thing or if it's a i mean i suppose you look at it either way if you look at it from the point of view of you know it is supposed to be a gay story and, you know, there are rumours about, you know, Kenny's personal life, none of our business, but he doesn't want to talk about it for that reason. Mm. Or maybe it isn't, and none of that is true, and he doesn't want to kind of break the the fantasy that people have got in their brains. Um, I don't know, what did you make of that?
1: Well, it's... Uh... <sighs> I kind of didn't mind it because I come generally from the perspective of there is things that are of inter- the things that the public find interest and in, things that are of interest to the public and a wrestling storyline that's kind of transcending boundaries into areas that it hasn't gone in before that's of a general interest to the wrestling fandom and if you're making a documentary about it hmm. his his own personal life but it is a documentary isn't it I understand, like, and it's absolutely fine that this case. It's kind of like a strange clash, though, with so much of the story, of, of the entire story, being about this relationship with Kota with Kota Ibushi, which is, you know, it's very much like a kind of pure love story in that sense. And the way that they, the, the way that the story takes the waves, and they explain it with Kenny's betrayal when he goes into the Bullet Club, and so on and so forth, and that's, and that's very good. But it does. It does, somewhat beg, it does somewhat beg the question. But at, at the same time, it wasn't something I think I was desperately kind of needing to know. Mm. I just kind of wanted to see other things that were outside of the Golden Lover stuff. And that's me as a wrestling fan wanting to see inner workings of business, which we've already kind of spoken to and how difficult that would be there to do. So the idea of them not not overtly sort of um, with uh, Kenny Omega over explicitly stating what his uh, sexual preferences are Um, I don't think it's necessarily something that you're kind of missing but at the same time you've got the strange clash like I say with the storyline it's it's, it's a little bit jarring yeah i guess it is i think it was you could tell they were going down a
2: road as well of wanting that element of ambiguity Mm. um sorry ambiguity ambiguity Mm. um of making you question oh well are they actually a couple or is this just an act they're obviously very close as friends you know and no one knows and i don't really want to know because it's part of the fun of it all Mm. at the end of the day and it helps to suspend that disbelief to some degree But I think they were also really pushing the different types of fan that Omega and Ibushi with their storyline brought on board as well. Mm. Um, and they were using various interviews of people from sort of the LGBT community to promote that as well to some degree. Mm. So I think it was trying to really show how Omega has kind of opened up boundaries to fandom and to wrestling as well. Mm-hmm. So those boundaries have kind of been torn down. You think of the stereotypical wrestling fan when we were growing up, you know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's very different to what it is now. And I think a big part of that. Um, is the kind of geeky aspect that goes along with it. I think Dave Meltzer made a really good point during it where he spoke about um, the sort of cultural appreciation of comic books that has sort of grown over time Mm -hmm. and how he feels like that's what Omega has managed to to kind of do in wrestling, if anything. And if he's Mm -hmm. on a talk show talking about wrestling um, as an artistic pursuit, it's quite an interesting approach, if anything, isn't it? I think Mm -hmm. that he's actually going down that road and he's actually continuing to push wrestling in this different way, in a way that I don't know, you think about celebrities who've gone and, TV and spoken about wrestling. You think about Hulk Hogan over the years. Mm. He Would he have ever spoken about it from that point of view? No. His interviews would have just been about him at the end of the day, wouldn't they? Uh, you know, The Rock gets questioned about it and he speaks in a quite reverential, quite excited way about wrestling when he's on stuff like Graham Norton. But he never talks about it as an art form. Mm. He just talks about it as kind of a springboard in the way, as something that launched his career and improved his confidence and all the rest of it and got him to the point he is now. So it's quite interesting to see someone out on mainstream platforms and in a country like like canada remember canada is a very liberal country you look at uh, the government in canada as well a very liberal government so very open-minded country and i'm sure this has gone over quite well over there if anything mm.
0: yeah definitely i think that's what attracted like i've seen stuff with the director of saying that's what attracted them to it like that's i think that's why it's focused upon so much because he's like I didn't want to just do another wrestling documentary. I found Kenny interesting because, mm. one, he's an artist, and two, there is this LGBT element to it. You know, they had the some of the talking heads. I think, they, I, think I can't remember the Twitter name, it was Effing Boring, who did like that big. I don't know if you remember it, JP, the big Twitter thread that yes. explained the story of Kenny and. Um, oh, that was, it was great. Yeah. That was her. I think Rachel Giul- Giuliani, I think her name was on it. That's right. I
2: went back
1: and read it today, yeah. yeah, yeah there was a really
2: yeah. good. Um bit on reddit as well i remember on the squared yeah. circle thread on reddit that mm. broke it down as well mm. i don't know if that was her maybe i think, I'm, sure. I think it
1: was <laughs> annotations she did like a second volume which is going into a lot more detail oh. as well of, mm. of sort of more of the run running ddt yeah uh, i thought that's the like that, go on. i was just going to say that this hopefully will be the way that wrestling documentaries go a bit more in the future of sort of looking at wrestling as art because mm. i think wrestling as sport and entertainment which is the way that WWE presents it where people's career and life goals are about getting to WWE because that's the pinnacle of sports entertainment and instead looking at it as art which kind of transcends that kind of narrow restrictive viewpoint is the way to kind of get wrestling across to the mainstream
3: mm.
1: that's the way to do it and then people can project themselves as human beings saying this is the character I've created and these are the storylines I'm doing and these is where I've blurred the lines it's a much more interesting take. I think as well, one thing you said about the
2: WWE-style narrative of it being the be-all and end-all, mm. they sort of touch on that and mentioned it at one point in the documentary, and I kind of wish they'd made more of him not choosing WWE and going mm. down the path of why didn't you, his mindset, mm. his mindset of wanting to be this kind of you know lone wolf, doing it sort of independently as well, going about it in a more DIY fashion. I'd really like to have heard more about that, and I think that would have been something that, uh, would have engaged maybe somebody who was a casual wrestling fan or isn't a wrestling fan at all in understanding more about wrestling outside of uh, the Fed, if anything.
0: Yeah. Plus, we did get AJ talking about WWE and calling them a piece of crap promotion. I enjoyed oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's
2: classic AJ stars. that. <laughs> That's the real and AJ Styles kind of like R-Truth doing raps in the back of his car about a year before signing with WWE about how they suck and Vince McMahon's <laughs> rated suck. Yeah, That's they were movie, all really. they were all up to it. But <laughs> one of the things that stood out as well, there's so much of it you could explore of Omega. He's such an interesting character. I think there's so much to him as a person as well. But it felt like a documentary maker found that piece of the narrative that engaged her the most and that she thought would transcend with the public more than anything Mm. else and pushed with that. And I got why she did it. I absolutely get it. It's, you know, there's, there's a story there, it's interesting. Um, so she let that, you know, be the bulk of what she was trying to get across. It could have been an hour and a half, I think.
1: I think that's what... Is that really all of our takes, isn't it? We would have... Given an extra 45 minutes of this, it would yeah. have been... There would have been a lot more coming. It would have been gr- yeah. really great then at that point.
2: As far as recent document wrestling documentaries go, where, where would you guys sort of rate this one?
0: Um, I, I can't think of... I mean, for me, it was... I didn't so much have an issue with the length of it. For me, it was just a nice bite-sized TV documentary. So I wouldn't put it up there with, you know, the, the classic wrestling documentaries. But speaking of stuff recently, I can't really think of anything recently that, that you know, I'd highly rate. I just thought it was just a, for me, it was just a very enjoyable 7, 8, hour 10 TV documentary. I wouldn't rave about it, but then at the same time, I wouldn't say there's a huge amount recently that I'd, I'd put up against it neither.
2: Yeah, because I'm just thinking of stuff like the Flair documentary, mm. the Andre documentary, where they all fell into the fantasy narrative, mm. <laughs> and I like the fact this didn't fall into the fantasy larger than life narrative. Mm. That's true. It, it felt much fresher because of that, mm. and I suppose the Moro Nalo documentary last year as well. Oh, was yeah, I was a really well. big fan. Yeah. Of. Like in terms yeah. of actually being a kind of an expose of mental health from a personal perspective i think it's the some of the best work i've seen on mental health um Mm. sort of on film if anything yeah. and it's something i would show to anyone to try and understand mental health um more so than they maybe already yeah. do um but yeah I, so i'm much more into the do- wrestling documentaries that will take that realistic standpoint nigel mcginnis one as well i know it's a wwe in-house documentary but i love that one mm. i think that's probably my favorite of recent
1: times anyway yeah. i was because the the one that sticks out as being entirely different to me i don't know how you two feel about it, it was gayer girls Oh that was nineteen ninety five, yeah. It? But yeah, it is um, excellent. Um which we've got a bit which is again is an entirely different take on it. Which I, I think I'm probably a little bit higher than, than you Ben on this this mm. one. Because it just it just felt fresh. It just felt fresh and different. Mm. But I'm coming away wanting to see more of it, which is suggesting that it's it's for me it's you know we're we're very. We're going to watch it regardless, aren't we? We've sat through some shocking documentaries. I don't know if you've ever watched the the world class one, not the like the the one that they did in the nineties. I watched the heroes of world class. No, this is one that was done like with the von Erichs, where there was it was all just tragic accidents that happened, yeah. and they completely whitewash over the past. It's not going down that kind of of of. It's not that kind of terrible documentary. This for me is at the upper end. Beyond the Met, for me is still the best. Yeah,
2: that's the that's the probably always line. will
1: be. Beyond the Met, i to say wrestling, wrestling, with wrestling, with, wrestling with shadows. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We yeah. yeah. we were, we were spoiled in the late 90s, but yeah. This was a a fun uh, addition to the uh, the genre I'd say and yeah, as you said JP, I'd recommend people check out the uh, the interviews that Kenny's done afterwards. I found them quite uh, quite interesting as well and yeah, hopefully there's a there's enough footage on the cutting room floor that they can do another one. I know uh I don't know if the I don't know if there's any plans for it to come worldwide. It's a bit like those um, Vice documentaries that are happening over the next few weeks. Have you seen those? There's like a Macho Man one that they're doing. There's a there's all kinds that they're doing week on
2: week that uh,
0: that isn't going to get a, a proper release. It doesn't feel like a, in at least in our part of the world. But hopefully um, these things sneak out. If of it's like
2: Vice, it. is it going to be Vice Vice Online like the Vice YouTube stuff? Or is it going to be for Vice Land? Vice Land, Land like, yeah,
0: it's Vice Land. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, right. Okay. Okay. Which I think, I mean, I'll speak to JP or we'll find a way of us watching <laughs> them.
1: Um, I mean, I think we do get vice. And I did see the filmmakers of Omega Man talking about trying to get international distribution. Mm. Um, where it gets picked up in the UK, God knows. But, you know, think of some of the shite that's on for an hour in this country.
2: Well, if anyone picks AW up could it go there? I remember a couple of years ago, um, BBC 3, mm. when they were still bro- a broadcast channel, picked up the... The um, Ballad documentary. The, Yeah, the, well, it was when he was still Prince Devitt, they mm. picked that up because my dad watched it and was asking about this Irish guy in Japan. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, dad, here, here's my picture with him in Florida in 2014. <laughs> uh, I was amazed I'd met him. It was like, yeah. Um, I think my dad is always... Is so, when I is a bit of a barometer for this sort of thing, he loved that ICW documentary oh, that the BBC too, did as well. Yeah. So thinking yeah. about it as well,
0: like the, the Viceland stuff, like I know, it, I think Dave and Abraham, who fucked up, who's uh, does mm. some stuff for post wrestling, he's a big wrestling fan, but like I think he's involved with them. But I do think Viceland mm. has because I was thinking that um, uh, Omar from The Wire, what's his real name? Uh, Michael k Williams. Yeah, He did like that. That 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 I remember him doing the documentary where he came to Liverpool and visited Stephen French. That was a Iceland documentary. What? Yeah, he was. It's near where I work. They were kind of on a street corner having a big chat. Oh, I, have I not seen.
2: Uh, did
0: you see it? Yeah, like, yeah, I've seen see it. it. Yeah, yeah. I've got the link somewhere. I'll send it to you. No, no, it's Mate. just where I go for a walk on my lunchtime and work. I went right past the bit in Toxus where they were having a chat. Stephen French and. Uh, I know more from The Wire. I'm sure we've talked about it because he was going around to like nah. lo- local people's houses who right, it was all about what people do to survive. And he was going to like some local scally criminals who steal turkey and chicken from the local Tesco and sell it on the black, black market, is what it's called. And he sell it on oh, the black market. It was, uh... yeah. It... I would have been
2: in pubs and being offered joint gammon. <laughs> it was about just yeah. JP as well. <laughs> it was a man. With a big bag, and he just got these joints of gammon out, and just went, "What do you mean, lads?" And put it in my face, and it was like, "What? No, just been to the Saints was across the road to rob him, clearly." <laughs> but you know, Michael K. Williams, Omar was rushing a corner. In Liverpool with Stephen French. Yep, Mate, really that haven't. that's I'm just yeah, I can't believe that. Uh, that's it. That's... Like the court from the corners of Baltimore, to the corners of Liverpool.
0: <laughs> I've told the story before, but the one time I had an interaction with Stephen French, the uh, the devil was when I was on. I think we'd gone to we'd gone to see ICW in town. It was the Dev Jordan Devil and uh, Transceiver match. I think I talked about it when we did the podcast. And I walk, he walked past us. He was going towards the the local chippy, uh, the lobster pot, which is a famous one in Liverpool. Gale on each arm. And he just came over. He was like, you are all right, lads? Shook all our hands and carried on walking. Yeah.
2: Brilliant. Smooth as anything. Was the Michael K. Williams documentary as good as the Danny Dyer and Stephen French? Danny Dyer's, episode, Danny Dyer's Deadliest Men? Very similar. Very similar. I'm going to have to watch this now. Tonight <laughs> I'll be home watching this. I'll send you um,
0: the link and we'll be... do a review next show. That'll be our next documentary review. i look forward to it (laughs) uh i suppose we should uh, move on to some wrestling stuff we've been watching then uh jp i'm never going to forgive you for this we talked last week we said oh (laughs) should we uh should we cover progress next week joe outright said no jp gave everyone the impression that he was going to be watching it all (laughs) i watched two chapters chapter 85 and 86 from bournemouth and birmingham yeah jp how far did you last
1: Angelico DJZ, which is the first match from on the one on the card. first show
0: <laughs> So, everyone,
2: you got JP to play because it's going to be me doing most of the talking here. Angelico in an opener is enough to turn anyone off. Oh, God.
0: um Yeah, these chapters. I mean, you guys are going to talk about RevPro in a second, but yeah, these chapters. Mm. I'm not, I can't get mad at you, JP, and I wouldn't. You know, a lot about this podcast, when we talk about what we've been watching, is about things we recommend. I saw Martin Bentley describe the the first show as a gentleman's three of a show, and that's what it was. That's what both of the shows were. The Bournemouth show was in a lovely venue. You know, it's not a venue they chose strategically. It was a venue that was just available to progress on the date. So it just felt like it, it was the weekend of 16 carat as well. So it just felt like it didn't matter. Yeah. The VOD took a while to come out, so it felt even more like it didn't matter. Callum Leslie was back, so don't know, that kind of made it feel like it didn't matter. Hopefully, they didn't fly him in. Um, but yeah, it was a show. DJZ and Angelica was fine. That's kind of all the notes I've got on that. I don't know if you had any more notes on it, JP. Uh, uh, this is
1: the one match that I watched on this. I'm so sorry. About what stars you down did you give there, on Grapple, JP? Um, I haven't got around to doing that. I would have said about th- i would say about three i thought dj z looked good at points in this but it was the the, the sort of tune that go that was played a couple of times during it i've never liked that
0: <laughs> there was a lot of uh, drum and bass there was a lot of like everyone seems to have yeah. the same theme at these shows like dj z and on helico mm. and lp
1: and dnr
0: they all kind of come out to that same kind of drum and bassy feel is that what turned you off was it jp
1: I think it. What it was just. It was also the fact I looked uh, um, where the entranceway was. There was like a couple of rows that felt empty. It just felt very empty mm. at the show. It didn't feel so. It didn't feel particularly lively. Nice venue. What good. It did look great in terms of like. Imagine it if you had it packed out and you had about nine hundred there. Mm. I mean, Joe can attest to what is it the Academy in Bournemouth? Yeah, the date so, at? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a place I'm, I'm sure Joe has, has probably had the odd experience or two. Yeah, there. it used
2: to be the Opera House back in
1: the day. And it's very, very nice.
2: Yeah, then, well, it wasn't an opera house, but it was called the Opera House. And mm. you used to get loads of pill heads going down there from Southampton for big nights out and all sorts, and like coaches of mm. people going down for drum and bass and house events and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, That, I saw that the,
1: explains all the drum and bass. Yeah, yeah,
2: I saw the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's there back of the day. It was a cracking gig there. <laughs> and it was, it was just the venue was just amazing. I remember yeah, the whole yeah. atmosphere, well, of the place being great, but mm. yeah, I can't say I regret not seeing progress <laughs> there. Yeah, these
0: shows are kind of like—I mean, one thing I will say is that you know, by the time people are listening to this, you know, the 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 show on well, this—the show that's going on Sunday is the is the big chapter with both the Swords of Essex versus Aussie Open ladder match and a CCK LAX rematch in the ballroom feels like at least as far as those two matches go a relatively important show a show i'm genuinely excited about it's A show you know, me, even bitter old me being, you know, the, the man who hates progress. I was looking at train tickets because I was considering coming down for that one. Didn't work mm-hmm. out in the end. But it's a world away from these two shows because, yeah, I'm going to go through them briefly because there's more things we can talk about we've all been watching and spent more time on. But, yeah, not a lot going on. Lagero and Trent Seven was a match on the first day where it just felt like it just didn't have an Atlas challenger for, for Trent. And when Ligero came out, the NXT UK reflux almost made me fast forward or turn over. Because, I mean, who can really care about, like, non-banter Leggero in progress at this point? Uh, he was just fodder in the the same way as in NXT UK. Um, and it felt like a, a night off as well. I don't even know if you are an NXT UK guy and all your dreams have come true that you get to get flown out to Access and, and do WrestleMania weekends. I don't know why you put a lot of effort in, in a match like this. And, yeah, it was kind of reflected in the match. Uh, a three-star special, a. Eh? you know uh, a gentleman's three of a match but again i think that, that a good example of what this show was just to, yeah a match for matches sake and devil and austin theory was also a match that was a super strong style qual- uh, qualifier um devlin went over the evolve champ not that it really matters you know evolve doesn't mean in the wwe pyramid i don't know where progress fit but i know evolve fit much lower so that doesn't matter austin theory is losing over two days travis banks and el Fantasmo had a okay match travis is still doing a lot of comedy which i hate i think he's very entertaining doing it but if i just think if he wants to be taken seriously as a top guy in progress which is what they're trying to do with him it just doesn't work for me um and they had the main event of the eddie dennis jimmy havoc and mark askins three fellows who i i was pretty sure were all heels at one point against the do not resuscitate jobbers with a. Uh, In fairness, a crazy brawl of a match. The match that's been most highly regarded on Grapple. It's the closest to a four-star match that's on there. Um, It's worth seeing for when Havoc does kind of a dive off the the side of that very beautiful-looking building. And he was up for the match, to be fair. Um, But the lights kind of went out when he did the dive, which just sums up these shows. Uh, It was just, yeah. Uh, As much as it's probably the best thing on that show... Still not, you know, worth chasing. If you've seen the gif of of Havoc doing the dive, you've kind of seen the, the most worthwhile thing on the show.
2: I've seen Jimmy in progress for far too long, mate. I don't care <laughs> what he does there now. What,
0: what what do you make of the do not resuscitate situation right now? Because they were like I say, they were in that main event with Havoc What I thought was notable was on the the Birmingham show, the the second show, Chapter 86, after being in the main event and having that brawl, and Spike Treve actually won after all of the cheating bullshit, but he won. When we got back to Chapter 86, they were doing a comedy match with the Anti-Fun Police. That, to me, just says you do not resuscitate are in progress. I know they've got, again, time of recording. They're going to have a, uh, you know, tonight, as people listen to this, they're going to have a big promo on the next Progress chapter show, but my God, just watching these shows, it wasn't uh, any more obvious that they're, uh, they're pretty much dead in the water at this
2: point. Load of shite. No interest. I saw there's some big thing at the ballroom on Sunday as well. But...
1: yeah. <sighs> I was assuming that all four of them are going to be in. The, isn't there 12 people announced for Super Strong Style? There's four mm. spots left. Hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if they get the four spots.
2: Oof. I thought there were less spots left. I thought there were two spots left for Superstar. Is it Star. two spots? David oh. Starr and Lucky Kim oh, qualifying right, matches yeah.
0: for it. Yeah, there's qualifying matches going on. Stuff, but I could see like maybe they're trying to go with Treve, but he's like, yeah. I mean, it ties... I mean, I'll skip right to the main event. So this chapter eighty six because he spike Treve fits in with that that Chuck Mombo, that T K Cooper kind of zone of, of wrestlers because the main event of chapter eighty six was Jordan Devlin, El Phan and and Helico. I mean, I like Devlin being a main eventer guy, but, you know, LP and Helico in a progress main event against the South Pacific Power Trip trio, which, if they had more time to establish the South Pacific Power Trip as a, as a main event act, maybe this would have worked. But Trav's doing comedy. TK Cooper's still doing shy comedy. I just can't take him seriously and he reminds me of spike Treve. in that way they're going to try and they're going to try and push spike Treve, you know in any form there's just a long way to go with you know projecting himself as a as an actual top guy as someone who's a, a de facto leader of a stable um he's got all those same warning signs that the tk cooper's got and that shit that was shown in that main event
2: yeah absolutely and i've said it a million times these guys have not protected themselves and they've not looked out for themselves enough and they've put too much trust in promotions and those senior to them, I think. Mm. Um and they haven't kind of taken uh like themselves into account a lot of the time um when it's come to work with these other guys or listening to the promotion tk cooper's classic to jp uh what was it you said what's going on with this progress situation mate and he said oh it's all in hand there's a long-term story or something it's gonna work mm. out it's like yeah bollocks that didn't work out did it <laughs> no you shouldn't have trusted the promotion <laughs> yeah he's kind of lost his And i
0: think i think I appreciate the trying to do something with him now and do the stable, but again, him being in main events really stood out. And yeah, the only other real things I note on that second show was Trent beating Austin Theory and losing tw- uh, on back-to-back nights. Didn't really make an impression. Uh, I didn't think it. He's never been... He's someone who looks like someone. Quite clearly, WWE are going to be interested yeah. in but never really delivers uh, on the level of what people expect from him. Eddie Dennis and DJZ had a match. Who could care? Progress never did about DJZ until WWE signed them. So I don't know why I'm supposed to care. And Team White Wolf had a a really solid tag team match with Haskins and Havoc. Uh, I will say, like White Wolf were a were a bright spot uh, of this show. They're kind of. Uh, their flying, and their innovation kind of forced Haskins and Havoc into having a pulling out some fun stuff of their own and having a bit of a different match. Kind of mad that I'm talking about Jimmy Havoc as the the highlights over these two shows, but he kind of kind of was in the in the, in the two highlight matches. Uh, but again, White Wolf lost. They put over Haskins and Havoc, which feels like a a bad decision. I know they're your old reliables, Haskins and Havoc, but surely there's no other sides at this point well to them yeah well to progress they are aren't they the people they can always they think they can always go back to but team white wolf are are the the team for me if you're going to try and establish some fresh faces they did get a please come back chance maybe they don't have to win every match but yeah i thought it was a bit odd that they uh, didn't go for a big win with them so yeah that was kind of my big takeaways
2: well, I suppose it's the equivalent of like Three Count or the Young Dragons going up against like Lex Luger and Sid in WCW or Kevin <laughs> Nash and DDP or something, isn't it, at this That's point? It, with those yeah. two.
0: That's who Haskins and Alec uh, are. The very Nash and DDP in that. Are they heels? Are they faces? No one cares. doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't explain. No one cares.
1: I'm, and while I'm sorry that I didn't watch this with you, I'm really glad that I didn't because <laughs> I think it just would have been... What six odd hours that I probably I wouldn't get back. Thanks, mate. Yeah, and it's all it. non-canon. It just feels like yeah. if you were going to jump and you'd be watching this Sunday.
0: I, I did it for the love of the art, JP. I thought you thought you'd be there it with is. me, but I, I watched the whole thing and yet it was. I, I've done it for, for though the listeners. Don't have to. Three star shows, you know, with maybe two and a half star shows with just matches that didn't matter. You said non-canon. That's what it felt like. Yeah. A couple of super strong style qualifiers apart. The attempts to try and push, you know, fresh faces in El Fantasma and Halako aside, it couldn't have felt less important. And yeah, you know, when when Daddy's away, when Walters, uh, you know, off in WXW, um, yeah, it, it it always felt like a mistake running those two shows. And yeah, watching them, uh, I can't say that uh, that anyone should be rushing out to uh, to check them out now.
1: In fairness, though, you'll be begging for those two shows once you're sat halfway into Triple Mania this summer. <laughs> At, at that point, you'll be thinking, "Oh, I'll do anything to watch that. It's a long
2: time off. So, <laughs> and uh, you know what? I won't because we'll we'll be in good company. There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I might feel that way about some of these WrestleMania weekend shows coming up. Or, uh, mm. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but yeah, while I was doing that, and while JP was betraying me, uh, Joe, you were catching up on the uh, on some RevPro. You uh, again at, at the time people will be listening to this year. You're heading over to the cockpit.
2: Yes, yeah, I will. Um, um, but it's interesting. We spoke about TK Cooper there because Rev Pro in Northampton kind of got underway with TK Cooper. The show opened with yeah. um, that. I suppose it's like a self-produced promo that he released uh, on Twitter back in, I think, like February. And a really interesting promo because he's chatting about sort of where he is at the moment and where his career has gone and where he wants to get back to. And he sort of references some stuff that I've not heard him reference. He references the fact he's not with Dahlia black anymore. doesn't say a name directly, Mm. but he says something about three becoming two and then becoming one. I'm assuming that's a reference to him, Travis banks Mm -hmm. and Dahlia black uh, possibly. Um, it's kind of you know a bit of a white elephant if anything sorry i suppose the elephant in the room if anything isn't it Mm. that no one's spoken about um and he's not been anywhere near as over since that happened and if it's rocked his confidence or what and then he starts talking about what he wants to do and where he wants to go following this and basically says yeah i had all of these opportunities my ankle was fucked um i lost steam and i'm nowhere now i'm kind of at year zero and when he comes out for the match and has a perfectly fine match of MJF, really good promo from MJF before the match as well, that guy's a heat machine if there ever was one, mm-hmm. really smart in the way he just responds to the crowd, um, I'd love to see a Sebastian MJF match at some point, that would be uh, <laughs> the dream match for sure just hearing the jibes and the back and forth would be great, yeah, he's doing but... a
0: podcast apparently he's, uh, oh, he's yes. just are coming back to the reuniting for a podcast they're going to be taking us on Joe, they're going to uh, steal our listeners
2: uh, perhaps we've inspired them
0: <laughs> Maybe
2: I can't imagine him being a listener to this. No, nor can I. I think they'd hate us, and I think they'd tear into it, tear us a new one, and rightly nah, so. You wouldn't let's be, be
1: honest, <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> really deserved it.
2: Um, where was I? So yeah, MJF ends up winning. TK Cooper ends up looking like a geek again, and he's looked like a geek for about the past year. But after the match, MJF gets another promo and mentions his ex girlfriend, which riles him up, and he comes back. Uh, full head of steam beats the share MJF gets a bit of heat back soon to be all over after the match. So I'm hoping, and it looks like from this rev pro, are going to try and do something with TK Cooper, try and get him back up to speed. I think he's a guy that he's proven himself before. It's a massive shame. What's happened to him. I really hope he can prove himself again. Um, people like him I think some of the goodwills dissipated towards him because he's just not been featured and he's not protected himself in many ways and progress have done an absolutely terrible job with someone they did such a great job mm. with why they've done a terrible job of him I do not know but yeah it's tragic what they've done to him let's be honest so let's hope he can sort of get back to where he was. One of the things, I don't know if you notice this as well, J.P., the hard cam on this show was that focus. Yeah. That's shocking.
1: Yeah. That's really, really bad. The venue, and it's a funny thing, Ben, it reminds you really of the fiction mm. in, um, it's a in, good Wa- venue. in Wolverhampton. It's an all-standing crowd. Yeah, really good venue. So there's about 150 people there. There's not much room, but everyone's got really good sight lines. It's like a really small place. Good
2: crowd as well.
1: Yeah, it was about 150 or so. And I, again, I liked the direction that um, of doing something with TK Cooper and it just being some sort of fresh surrounding, rather like Riptide. There would be two promotions for him to really sort of focus on in terms of his uh, of a singles run. Um, but yeah, the hard cam was out of, out of focus uh a lot of the time it just seems like the production setup was, was very, very
2: it's a bit shoddy, really shoddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they had the screens there which looked alright, but yeah, come on. That's amateur stuff, not having your hard cam in focus. Like that's really bad. Like that's that needs to be remedied in some way. They need to pay more attention to that stuff because it stands out. And it was evident that the hard cam was hardly used during the edit as Mm -hmm. well. Probably as a result of the fact it was out of focus and quite clearly out of focus. I'd like to go next time they get run this venue. I think I'll go though, because this is a good rowdy crowd as well that were into the matches a lot of the matches got good heat. Josh Bodem and Brad Slayer. This was a match I didn't expect to have anywhere near the level of heat ended up having. Crab are well into it. They hated Bodem, like mm. really hated Bodem. There were a couple of proper dicks in the front row, actually. They had beers in the round, thought they were sort of hard men, mm. squaring up to Bodem. I think Bodem thrived off managing to give him a piece of his mind, to be honest with you. And I thoroughly enjoyed that because. Heel doing proper heel work, I've got to say. Um, that was a good match as well for what it was. Brad Slayer, I'd heard of, but I'd never seen before. A perfectly serviceable match that I thought was going to be a throwaway match. Um, four-way as well with Lycos finally stepping into a Rev Pro ring mm. again. Uh, MK McKinnon, El Phantasmo, and a guy called Brendan White. Really fun four-way, really easy to watch. El Phantasmo looked great. It's really over at this point. Mm. Playing up the Bullet Club stuff as well. Making reference to David Starr and 10th of May A ladder match, which we're getting ready for as well. He used so, his
1: finisher. He didn't use the straight jacket pile driver.
2: Yeah, time. he did. And he referenced him not being there and being at OTT that weekend as well, which was quite a good touch. So consistent booking and consistent build to that match as well um i skipped the iria kip sabian match i've seen enough of iria recently um and i skipped <laughs> you versus jamie hater because i've seen enough of you to last me a lifetime um and the chanting when oh, it comes to you i just you're not gonna miss can't. them
0: when they go home jo- uh joe
2: nah I'd be <laughs> quite relieved to be honest with you like oh no it- i quite enjoyed the Irie. iria is fine but terrible haircut terrible music <laughs> terrible singlet I, I don't really get it oh. like i'd rather a, oh. i'd rather him be he's explosive but i'd rather him be an ass kicker mm. i'd rather him get rid of that shit air he's just got to chop that off the top there and get some <laughs> decent gear and get some decent music and i might be all right with him so a few things to fix there for me to uh get into A because he's done nothing for me since he's been here looks like a big baby <laughs> God
1: does. Yeah. He's very I could see him based. with a
2: dummy in his mouth. <laughs> He's a very
1: likable document Yeah, one of
2: them like weird fetish nights you see.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> maybe is you are him and you a couple?
1: I think they are, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah feeding yeah.
2: him a little bottle, maybe, heat it up for him. No. <laughs> so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can see that channel for ten o'clock Thursday nights.
2: Oh. Yeah, a couple of Japanese uh, Japanese couple come over that. here explore explore the UK and it's a thriving man-baby scene Neville Southall gave his Twitter to him once do you remember that? Oh god, that was <laughs> incredible Neville Southall's a great friend. <laughs> How long did that last? A couple of hours Yeah, <laughs> That was the last of his takeovers on his Twitter he did <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame Nev He's a very charitable man though, he's just trying to help He's a top bloke because Nev oh, yeah. um, I'm sure he's seen through all this Brexit nonsense this week, oh. as well as Nev. Uh, anyway, back to where we were. God, from Japanese big babies to Neville Southall to Brexit, back to Rev Pro, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, main event was Pack versus Brooks. I thought this was good for what it was. I'm just not into Pack. <laughs> he's doing very little for me. Um, oh, we got pulled from WrestleMania weekend, and I was just thinking, I don't really uh, care. I don't care. <laughs> No, like Rev Pro have upgraded them. I was going to hope, hope we talk about the Rev Pro show at WrestleMania weekend, but that main event's got an upgrade. Massive upgrade after Brooks and Gresham uh were pulled from the match as well, I think. And that's no disrespect to Brooks and Gresham because I think they're a great team. But yeah, Brooks versus Pack for what it was was fine. I've never looked forward to a Chris Brooks singles match, and Pack is doing very little for me. But what they did in the match made sense. It was all logical. The crowd were into it from start to finish. Like I said, really hot crowd in this venue. It's the kind of venue that if you're there you're almost going to be into everything because the sight lines were great. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of claustrophobic nature of it where you're really squeezed in sort of made you aware of everything that was going on and the rest of were right on top of you. There's some there's some really good stuff in the match at points as well, I've got to say. Um, Lycos was used getting in, uh, for, for interference at different points of it. There's a great tope from Chris Brooks. We dove out of the ring and caught Pac um, sort of against the wall, if anything. I bit. saw Look,
1: the gif of that, yeah. Yeah.
2: Absolutely brutal. And that was kind of the turning point in the match where Chris Brooks kind of went on offense for quite a while, got his shit in. They used Lycos at various points to kind of get one over on pack as well. And it it actually peaked in its last minute or so. So it peaked at the exact point it should be peaking. Mm. Which for Pat matches in Rev Pro this year. Yeah, it's quite refreshing because pack matches have died in the last minute of Rev Pro uh, on Rev Pro shows this year. So, yeah, it was probably the most I've enjoyed a pack match in the UK. I've enjoyed some of his Japanese matches that I've seen. But, yeah, this was actually a, a pretty serviceable match for a main event here between two wrestlers. I'm not overly interested in at the moment. So, yeah. I think it was a really good debut in Northampton, to be honest with you. Um, production issues aside, it's a show that if they come back to Northampton, I'd definitely be trying to get to, I think.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, it doesn't sound like something I'd be desperate to go out and check the VOD
2: out for. No, would you think you, you need to. Would,
0: you, you, would you say,
2: is it worth seeing Brooks and Park or...? no it's it's fine it's absolutely fine but it's in in the world we live in currently Mm. um there's so much more to watch at the moment um so i wouldn't say run out of your way to see it you're not going to miss out much if you don't see it but if you do see it i wouldn't say you're wasting your time either fair enough so jp what else have you been watching this
1: week um i watched it's last week's MLW Fusion. Just sort of watch it in the build-up to maybe a weekend. Just intrigued to see what they're doing. Um, it's a very easy watch. That's really the sort of prime takeaway. Even though the matches on there weren't particularly great, um, the main event was was awful, <laughs> to say that. Uh, it, was, it was shocking. But as an hour of television... What was the main event? The main event was LA Park versus Mance Warner in a death match.
0: Oh, what's terrible about that? That sounds fantastic.
1: Uh, I'm well behind on L- the MLW. L- of course L- it's on the impact this week, but not MLW. LA Park looks a state. He looks like someone who's eaten LA Park. He really <laughs> does. He's gigantic. Um I think really it was at that same venue that they had the live show from, so it's that same place in Chicago. Mm-hmm. With it, you know, it's a good crowd. And it's a crowd that seems to be really into its lucha. We've spoken before about how it's that's the market that it's going after. Very clearly, that's what they're doing. Mance mm-hmm. Warner, I will have to say on the promo, he kind of does this Appalachian gimmick, and it was it was a fun promo because he can kind of he speaks really quickly, and it's and it, he's got really good verbiage about him. But the match itself was shite like, making no bones about it. It was a death match, but it wasn't one that had, like, kind of barbed wire or anything else. It's was just more like a kind of hardcore match with lots of stuff like chairs and tables. There was a door involved. But it was, like, L.A. Park just looked in an absolute state during it. Um, <laughs> he's,
0: he's more meme than wrestler at this point, isn't he? Like people, he I think people like the idea of L.A. Park, but yeah. do they actually, like, to the watch LA Park? Like I, I enjoy a good bloody brawl. Like a, a few months ago we had that match with Pentagon, didn't he, on their TV yep. where he completely dwarfed Pentagon. And Pentagon is so charismatic that it was actually kind of the shocking to me how much LA Park kind of made him look like pretty much nothing. But that just tells mm-hmm. you, you know, the, the type of wrestler LA Park is these days as well. Uh, he's got charisma for spades and his brawls can be fun. So that surprises me about a, a death match being no fun. But yeah, he's, uh, I don't think people are serious when they talk about him as one of the best
1: going. They don't and he's in his kind of last big run isn't he as much as anything else. So he's able to make some good money in the States while he can. And MLW offers him the opportunity in the, and the general landscape for wrestlers is there. And he's a, he's a proper mercenary because he was going to be doing a mask versus mask match for AAA. Sounds like God, I'm massively into AAA. I seem to be up with all of this stuff, <laughs> but he oh, was you come on. a bit. I, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the Lucha correspondent. You knew TNA. <laughs> well, it, that's not where the similarities die. I tell you that. Hey, um, come
0: on. T- TNA is very good these days.
1: This is triple A is more like kind of 2003, four TNA sports mm. entertainment extreme, that kind well, of shit. Well, you shite.
2: need to replace that in your life, didn't
1: I, you? I do need to replace it in my life. Um, anyway, back to MLW. Um, at the same time, it wasn't like it was a particularly long match. It wasn't, and it was the main event, and it was mm. at that point it was an easy enough m- match to watch. Uh, Saw so Brian Pillman Junior. He was in a, a match. There's basically uh, two feuding stables. There's the the Hart Foundation, which they had at the beginning. Teddy Hart getting arrested for um, damaging MJF's car, and t- Teddy Hart. He's getting like so they're making out like there's a police car outside, but you don't see it. It's just like a, a flashing light that you see outside this door, and he's talking to Davey Boy Smith Jr. trying to give him this load of necklaces and this wad of cash. Which if it was anywhere real, it'd be you know sort of a good couple of thousand dollars that would be in there, while simultaneously carrying out these blunts to the car where the police are. He's apparently <laughs> all right with that being found. on <laughs> He still had that in his hands, but well, he gives. See so this- why you're watching it now. Huh?
2: What state are we in?
1: I uh, don't know. We'd be in Illinois, be in Chicago. What is it legalised there? I don't think so. Well, maybe, I don't know. But yeah, that's what happened. Um, and then uh, Brian Pillman ends up challenging one of the, a guy called Alex Hammerstone, who wasn't particularly good. And, and Brian Pillman Jr. is still very young and very new into his career. So at the same time, you're thinking, oh, okay, he's he's going to be okay, but this this kind of a match didn't really suit it. Hammerstone's quite big, jacked up guy, mm. and I wasn't particularly impressed watching him. Um, they had the opening match: Gringo Loco, Myron Reed, perfectly fine. Um, did a Myron Reed tags with Rich Swan, who's they're doing a suspension gimmick because he beat up a referee on a previous show. Um, and then they actually had a a decent video package on that group Contra unit Mm. who are like, they're building up as a sort of, um, bullet club style stable. Um, and it's, who's in it? It's Simon Gotch, Jacob Fatou, who's really, really impressive. He looks like Umaga, like he moves like Umaga as well. Oh, he looks really, he like, he's really charismatic one of the things you notice he cuts like a fair bit of the promo and he was there along with another guy called almighty Sheik, who also seems to cut a decent promo as well and and they're kind of interesting and the visual of him do, of fatu doing the splash from the top of the cage onto tom lawler looks good as well so overall i mean i'll be watching the next week and the build-up to the to the shows they do over mania weekend i don't think they're going to be on any kind of iPay per view or anything over that weekend? I think No, they're doing TV tapings. And yeah. I, know,
0: um, I think one of the shows is live, but it's live to TV because they've got that BN Sports deal. Uh, so don't yes. think there's a way to stream MLW, unfortunately.
2: I think their Saturday show's live, isn't it? So you might have to find a. I don't know. Leave your dodgy football stream from BN Sports with Richard <laughs> and Andy Gray going. It might
1: turn into MLW at some point. That would be a piece. real. Real turn for that audience. Wonder if Keys and Gray will stay on and watch it. Maybe oh, get imagine if LW. they could do commentary on it.
0: Imagine oh, that. Uh, like, listen, we we like your product MLW, but we want to put our own guys on it. what in inwalk Keys and Gray. I can just a bit of
2: cross promotion would be ideal. Court Bauer, Keys and Gray. Kona, <laughs> Keys and Gray. I, I suppose it'd be
0: more of a magazine show. With Keys and Gray, wouldn't it? Like covering like the, the aftermath of the shows. But can you really trust them these days?
2: Well, I don't think Richard Keys be having much banter with uh, Conan. He'd be a bit weirded out by it. Have you seen Richard Keys' house in Qatar? Um, no. Oh my god! If you uh, if you got the time, just go on YouTube or just Google Richard Keys' house tour, and it'll you'll bring it, find a Daily Mail link to some article where he gives some journalist a tour of his house in Qatar. It is the cringiest, most little Englander-style house I've. Ever seen, and he's also wearing a pink Ralph Lauren polo with the collar up as well to make him look even more like a tragic middle-aged has-been in his fifties. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. <laughs> so we get from
0: MLW to Keynes and Gray <laughs> only us,
1: <laughs> only only we can do it. Um, uh, it's yes. but it, like I say, I mean, none of the matches on there this week were particularly good. I mean, there's other shows that we've seen where there's been some matches that are of Have been a mixture, real mixed bag of stuff that Mm. they tend to put on. But do you know what? It's still an easy watch. It's still something that that you can. It's it's you know forty odd minutes, and for the most part, there's nothing that's completely shocking. A lot of the storylines are quite interesting. The way they do the backstage segments tend to be good. It's like a really quick hour, so it's very well it's very well paced. The skits that are backstage, I mentioned one of them that only lasted like two minutes.
0: Hmm.
1: And well, they're, going, they're
0: going kind of for that real style aren't they like what Impact was doing when Impact hmm. was doing the, uh, the LAX feud and you had like, drive-bys happening and stuff Doing drug dealer angles, that's just the next obvious
1: step, isn't it? MLW... You've got the right man for it in Teddy Hart, though, haven't <laughs> Do you? I feel like the biggest take
2: on this show is that Teddy Hart has stayed to claim to get into that stable with uh, Matt Riddle, Jonathan Gresham I, and, and yourself.
1: Like, I, don't, I don't think I can handle being around Teddy. He'd kill me. He'd eat me alive. <laughs> okay. Like, that would be seriously heavy-duty stuff. I'd be like going on the piss with Dick Murdoch or someone <laughs> like that. <laughs>
2: would somebody happy. think of the poor cats?
1: Ah, oh, exactly. I don't mind. I like cats are absolutely fine, but you
2: know, you'd probably run away the minute Dick Merle tried to get you to a clan rally or something, would not you? Oh, yeah, that was him, wasn't it? Yeah, but, well, there's always those rumours about him and the Ku Klux Klan, isn't there? But yeah. I don't know if they're like concrete. Yeah, probably, probably not I don't know. Mate. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah. yeah. <laughs> MLW is like a show that like I, I I zone in and out of. Like I'll watch it and it's fine. And there are weeks where it's better than others, like when they're doing those big block tapings, and some mm. of the matches can be a little bit of a, a slog. But all in all, I do like the idea of it. Like you know, it be it's called fusion because it's a uh, it's very nineties, while at the same time very modern. But also has like throwback indie guys like Loki and and Teddy Hart knocking around with the you know Brian Pillman Juniors and with the the Pentagon Juniors, uh, at least until recently, uh, and those kind of guys. I always feel bad. It's like Impact. Like I last week I caught up on like the the. on impact so they're they're heading into to mania weekends and they got the big against the lodge show i think it is coming up as well Mm -hmm. um and i I watch it and i enjoy it like i'll there was a sammy Callahan rich swan match which has been a really good heated feud on impact Um they've been doing like a very personal thing where sammy Callahan's trying to get rich swan to to join ove um you know, again, another really fun match that I really enjoy, but just a match that no one's ever going to talk about, like, no one no. I don't think any of us have got the time to be, other than maybe us, JP (laughs) watching these shows (laughs) every week and and Matty Edwards, because, like, there's so much out there that you know, I can tell you, Sammy Callahan's doing the best work of his life. Rich Swan is a fantastic babyface in peril in that feud with Sammy Callahan. They even found a role for Madman Fulton. You ever heard of him? He's kind of joined Callahan's group as the almost like when the Wyatt family gets a new monster. He's in. Uh, they've even got Lance Storm knocking around. They're trying to do a feud with John Morrison with him on Impact. But similar to really? MLW, it just it gets yeah. and I think he had been doing backstage stuff, and they're going to be looking to it to have him on on TV going forward um but again see you know we're, we're as in the bubble as anyone and you, you just wouldn't know that stuff's happening
1: i think that's part of you know it's that janella influence booking and especially for your impact and they're trying to grab at a lot of stuff and see what sticks at times the kind of the wacky matches you can put together is the thing that's going to have that kind of appeal they've tried it a few times i remember them doing was it josh barnett bobby lashley as well for a bit oh like, yeah yeah you know really you they have the opportunity, in a way, to kind of experiment with it, don't they? That's how they ended up with the whole broken Matt Hardy stuff. Mm.
0: Yeah, and it means you can you can do interesting things like that, or you yeah. can, like, they had, like, a, the last Impact I watched had a singles match with Trey Miguel and Moose. Like, Trey Miguel someone who wouldn't get a shot on a TV show any time ever. Moose is someone who strangely has signed an Impact contract. I don't know what he's thinking. But the other really fun <laughs> big man-little man match, and a, and a guy like Trey Miguel gets the shine, a guy like Ace Austin... Who's been on Impact recently? Who's like a up and coming flippy guy that I'd never heard of before gets an opportunity on quote unquote TV. Um, so it's good for the wrestlers that MLW and Impact exist, but it just kind of yeah says something that when now, of them really get get a lot of traction for their very very solid TV shows.
1: Yeah, although I mean, there's been talk of MLW is going to be expanding internationally on BN Sports, so there appears to be sort of growth with them. They they have a sponsor, in term, a long-term sponsor, a sponsor that we've heard of in terms of GoDaddy.com. There are at least things that they seem to be doing that's on a much more sort of constructive level than impact. And, you know, God knows what their weekly numbers are at this point. In mm. terms of between Twitch and is it Pursuit that they're on now? Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah,
0: yeah. And we don't count with our with our pirate in ways. Uh, no, sorry, I watch it on the on the on the on the Impact on Demand. Of course I do. Yeah, well, Global we're... Force Network, big subscriber. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, with BN as well. BN is based out of uh, Qatar. And what with uh, WWE and Saudi Arabia deal and Qatar and Saudi Arabia not getting on with each other, perhaps MLW can be a force <laughs> for cultural change and a rival uh, <laughs> in the Middle East feud between uh, Saudi Arabia and Qatar. As Richard e. Keyes referred to Qatar, the mighty atom that dared to dream. <laughs> and perhaps MLW can be part of the support network for that mighty atom as it dares to dream.
1: Whilst ignoring the significant human rights violations that are going on. Uh,
2: absolutely.
1: In, yeah. Richard Keyes,
2: kind of ignore, uh, read the blog post. Richard Keyes blog. <laughs> it's comedy, it's accidental partridge, you're the way through it. Comedy gold. Sorry, I've gotten to Richard Keyes again. <laughs> there you go. That's probably the best
0: way to, to wrap up the NLW talk. Uh, it's about Richard Keyes. <laughs> yeah. um, JP, uh, that's not the only thing you've you've been watching, Um Joe, you might not be aware of this, but JP put out a bleeding heart tweet about how hard dumbby was that he has to watch. He had to watch all of these WWE <sighs> shows going into WrestleMania weekend. Why did you I have mean, to watch? Did, them? did you put them up to a
2: joke? Because I didn't put them up. No, to it. he puts himself up to it, and then he wants. <laughs> he wants I don't know. He reminds me of like my mum when it's like, no one's giving me a hand cooking and cleaning. That's like right. I'll cook tonight, mum. No, no, you're not doing it. <laughs> I'll help you with dinner. No, I'll cut that for you. No, like, and then she wants to just use it to act like she's some sort of martyr to the household or something. <laughs> He's like that to this podcast of his WWE viewing. Uh, I did. I
0: joined you in some ways, JP. I watched. I uh, I, I've caught up on NXT. I caught up on SmackDown as well, so I can talk with it about that stuff. But what possessed you, JP? You've uh, oh. you've gone rogue on us with your uh, with your WWE watching. You're a big fan it's... again
1: now. I I am, I think I, it's alright I don't know what you, you, you <laughs> lot are on about it's a perfectly fine story why can't he just enjoy it? Eh? why can't he just check your brain at the door and just enjoy it for what it is well, it's, just fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's
3: just yeah. fun, oh,
1: it's a laugh
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i tell, tell you though like, of, of like, the block of WWE TV those last couple of weeks and this is a nice lead into us talking about Wrestlemania weekend mm-hmm. I have enjoyed NXT like Joe, you were saying at the end of last week I had enjoyed some of the Dusty Classic stuff and I've been dipping in and out of that but the last two weeks of tv i think they've done a really good job of selling takeover um they kind of countered the did you see all the stuff with the tommaso champa uh injury that he was apparently they knew he was injured and they put him on raw anyway so they didn't think it yeah. was that bad and then he really triple yeah, on the conference yeah, call yeah. just talking himself into all kinds of circles causing causing himself trouble but Considering that horrible real life situation that no big company should really be putting their wrestlers in, I thought over the, the last two weeks of NXT, JP, they've done a good job of uh, turning it on its head and, you know, using even Triple H as a figurehead. I appreciate now that he's a, a lot more consistent in character. You know, he's a babyface when he comes out on NXT, but at least he's a babyface on the main roster too, uh, as I'm sure you've learned with all your, uh, your main roster watching.
1: Oh, that's it now. I'm, I'm up with every storyline, 150%. <laughs> I was quite selective over some of the stuff that I that I made sure to watch. Mm. Like, I'll go as far as say, I don't know if I ever could watch an episode of Raw. Mm. And I don't think I ever w- I couldn't bring myself last week to watch it. And I looked at the grapple ratings on the matches. And it was like... Two
0: star, two star, two star.
1: Yeah. And you just, nope. All right. I'm gonna avoid that. That's when Grapple comes, like sort of into its own. You look at I a card. You look at a card like that, and you think, no.
0: <laughs> hey, NXT, I, had my match of the week. Gotta be honest. What was it? The, uh, the 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 one two three the five five of them is it? Yeah, the five way for the uh, for, to replace champion. Oh, well, yeah, I've heard that's great.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, and yeah. um, I'll, I'll catch good.
2: up on that um, over the weekend. I think. Did, did you see that J P?
1: I haven't seen that one. I mean, I saw last, I've seen the, the most recent NXT, Um, but I d- yeah, I'd only seen the last NXT UK. So I've seen the finals of the dusty classic and mm. the promo segment, at the beginning between Gargano and Adam Cole. Mm. Um, oh, which that was was, great too. yeah, really, really, it was really good. Um, I, I was talking about it with Joe and the way I still feel about that match. And I think I agree with you. The build to take over is, is good. I have to say I'm not, as pumped for this takeover as I am for for recent years. I think there's an element of me that's slightly wary about, like, for example, how good are these matches going to end up being, and particularly with this as a main event. In terms of Adam Cole, I'm thinking of the best match that I can remember seeing him in, in in recent memory was the match against Ricochet. And one of the earlier takeovers.
2: No, uh, it was the SummerSlam takeover last year. Oh, was it? Yeah, was yeah the SummerSlam. Yeah. yeah.
1: I really enjoyed that. But for the most part, he's always been a wrestler that, you know, kind of is very, very good at everything he does. Um worker. Yeah, exactly. And he's, he's very charismatic. But at the same mm. time, he's never someone that I'm able to fully invest with. However... The crowd seem to love him. They oh, seem yeah. to react massively to him. So hmm. obviously, I'm much more of an outlier when it comes yeah. to well, that fan base.
0: He's kind of I've got the best of both worlds, hasn't he, for this scenario? Because I'm not a fan at all. I never was on the Indies, but he's a very WWE wrestler in style. But he's also got that mm. indie cred. So the crowd, like that, uh, one of my notes from like that Gargano segment that he did was that the the problem I've always had with Alan Cole. And I'm not a traditionalist. I don't care who people cheer and boo. But he does do that a lot, doesn't he? Where he gets on the mic and he's like, I don't want your cheers. And then when <laughs> it comes time for catchphrase time, he's encouraging it. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, the boom and the Adam Cole baby stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's right to, to go with it, you know, in this day and age and just take what what gets you over. Um, but he does kind of have his, in a lot of ways, uh, as is cake and, and eat it too, Adam Cole. Uh, but, you know, like you say, I think we are the minority there, JP, because people do seem to love him.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he, he, you know, he's been getting those those reactions now for a sustained amount of time, and he's probably one of those wrestlers who, being in the WWE system, is actually something that's going to work out for him in particular, um, and perhaps you know, rather like I'm trying to think of say something like a Velveteen Dream. I know that he's obviously their own kind of wrestler as well. He's much better off in in their system than. And sort of being outside of it, and I think the same thing with Adam Cole with the sort of momentum and the fact that he ticks so many boxes for them, really outside of not having that size. But yeah, that's the big thing against them. That's it? That's, that's the thing that you, okay, you quite often think, What would Vince think here? and I mm-hmm. always think the first thing you'd think if you saw Adam Cole was size. And then that's it. His mind would be kind of made up. Yeah.
0: You put him in a charred like tag team, like you did with Ricochet and Alistair Black. Because that would
1: or yeah, that, that's what it happened. That's it. And that's, yeah.
2: I think don't underestimate Gargano in this one as well, though. Like, mm-hmm. it's gutting that Gargano Champa is not going to happen.
1: Because
2: mm-hmm. uh, I think it, it's been a divisive few for many people, but I genuinely think the good has outweighed the bad during the feud and the matches have been very good and there would have been great heat on the night for it but I think Gargano is one of the best wrestlers in the world at the moment. Mm. I think if uh, (laughs) we weren't so focused on New Japan all the time we'd be talking about Gargano as maybe the best wrestler outside of New Japan at the moment. Uh, for me, he certainly is. I think he's the best guy in WWE. He's been the best guy over the last couple of years in WWE, and I can't think of a bad match or a kind of even below-average match that he's had in any takeover hmm. ever. So uh, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure. I'm sure. Say it again.
0: Depends on taste, really, because the- those those epic main events he's been doing with Champa, are oh, I know they're good matches. They're going to get good ratings on the Grapple app. But I don't enjoy them, if I'm honest. Like I'm not my biggest, more one bigger th- biggest thing is about this core match this weekend as well. They're doing two out of three falls. Did they have to? Does everything have to be epic with Gargano main events? That's what that's to be. To be honest, for me, that's a big point against them. Um, I think he's one of the best babyfaces in the world, Um but as far as taste point of view for me, he's not having any of the best matches in the world.
2: Oh, okay, fair enough. For me, he's been the only guy in WWE that really is consistently. Got me invested in his oh. matches on some sort of emotional yeah. level. Well, there's um, lots of people
0: with that take as well. I know i bit in a minority.
2: Yeah, um, so I think yeah, don't underestimate what he'll be able to pull out on the night, especially after the sort of journey to get to where he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that card generally looks like a really good card. Riddle Velveteen Dream, Matt Riddle getting his crowning moment in front of fifteen thousand people, where he should be. Mm. Uh, that'd be. That'd be great to see. From seeing him with uh, in a pub in Preston, looking extremely uncomfortable until the moment he locked eyes with JP, to seeing him looking extremely comfortable in front of fifteen thousand people in Brooklyn. It's been a weird journey for him, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it
1: really has it really has been. It's the a JP lot. influence. I, I was the I was the turning point on this. I mean, yeah, this week he had the match with with Kona Reid. I'd say I like the bit where Velveteen Dream come out. Um, although it should have for me it should have just been a bit more of a of a squash. But mm. at the same time, there's a couple of facts stood out for me like Riddle's four years wrestling, mm. like at this point, and why isn't he on the main roster? I'd
0: rather he wasn't to be honest I mean
1: yeah (laughs) I'd rather he well this sounds selfish I'd rather he wasn't there I'd rather he was being pushed as the top gaijin in New Japan I mean I think there'd be so much fresher stuff there from a match perspective but hey ho we Mm. are where we are with it Um, but I mean I think that match, hopefully, given the time, would you would you have it as an opener, have it as like the kind of really hot opener to go into? because I think I possibly would do. But mm. I still think Riddle needs a, a great takeover match. We haven't had that yet. I don't
2: There's, think he's had the opponents sort of a dynamic. He should have
1: been he mm. should have been with with Cassius Ono. Yeah, hero should have been, but
2: it wasn't the time for that, and heroes yeah. never been allowed to do that. Hero's there to make him look good and to put him over, and they've never allowed Hero to do that uh, and have any credibility. And the match started at a point where Hero wasn't on a level with Riddle, and he'd already beaten him in six seconds. Whereas, say, if they gave him Ricochet a takeover... I think he would have had that great match by now because I think they. I've, I can't ever remember seeing him wrestle before. I've, I've, they must have wrestled at some point, I'm sure. But I imagine the stars would really blend, and Riddle always works with the high flyers. So I could see that being a match that would have suited him. But yeah, I think Velveteen Dream for a guy who's been creating a WWE system is really enjoyable. Um, I enjoy watching him. I love the entrance, I love the gimmick, I love the character. It's going to be a charisma off ultimately. These guys are two sort of the most naturally charismatic guys out there. Mm. I don't think it will be an absolute bomb burner in terms of the actual match, but hopefully, once Riddle gets that belt, his next takeover match will be with like a Keith Lee or someone that he can go and knock it out the park with.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, anything else <laughs> stick up stuck up for you from NXT, JP, or from your uh, you watch some roaring and down as well uh, from oh, that.
1: I did. I watched SmackDown of the, of the other stuff just to finish up on NXT. It obviously it feels like you're building up to some permanent depart- departures. Um, I just want to, want to add if obviously Rousey is going to be going after WrestleMania, bring up Baszler. That's mm. the perfect time to bring up Baszler on the Monday afterwards and throw her in there. I mean, I, for me, and she did the same thing. She interfered in a match during this, but yeah, it's, it's, it'll be a fun show. It always is. I, I, the match in terms of the Dusty Classic was not... For me, it wasn't all that great. The Forgotten Sons gimmick isn't something I can get into at all. It's, although, it's got Gunner in it.
0: <laughs> it's got Gunner a WWE contract. So, you know. That's him. He's,
1: he's, he's not the tag team. He's like, they've got him in as, as Jackson Riker. I hmm. did not know that was him.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. I knew Could he have been any
1: like... interchangeable bearded Impact guy, to be
2: fair. I knew he was doing like house shows there. I bet you got excited when you saw him, didn't you?
1: I did. Just showing you my notes. I think I wrote down on here, Gunner on TV! Exclamation mark. Well, I know how
2: much you uh, get nostalgia for that Gunner versus Ken Anderson dog tags on a on <laughs> like hung above the ring ladder mat
1: or whatever it was. So you know that's some
2: classic TNO. Yeah, a uh,
1: uh, JP. No, no crimson. He'd be perfect in the next hit the minute as well. <laughs> oh, always bring going back to Tim I'm
2: more though. of a Michael Bentley man or whatever his name was. Do you remember the Bentley bounce? Oh, I do. He
0: was yeah. over. He was That's... over. JP is more of an immortal man, aren't you, JP?
1: Uh, always, yeah. So much so that I can only think of what four members of them. <laughs> 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 and, and everything else, any other angles for about them, I can't remember at all. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, the, the the Forgotten Sons are like just it was it felt very bang average to be honest with you. Although they have been as you guys had said before, there have been better matches in there. But as a final oh, yeah. it didn't didn't feel Rick, particularly Rick, strong.
0: Rick Shea and Alistair yeah. Black have actually, for me, I, I hate them as a combo on Raw. Like they just yep. they're just two blokes just thrown together because of the both again children's table they both look like the two kids who, who shouldn't even be on the main roster right. but on nxt they have been as a team they've been great and that war machine uh sorry war raiders tag um will be great i'm sure of it yeah um, they've got they've definitely got something of a of a chemistry on nxt that i don't see a lot of on on the actual main roster
1: it's a completely different style um there was a couple of points in there when Ricochet was doing some stuff, and you think if they let Ricochet be Ricochet on the main roster, obviously this is all fantastical stuff that will never take place of how good and how over he would be. Mm. Um, yeah, and then I also watched SmackDown. Which Why did you do that, JF? I'm sure it's just like to torture myself, but ultimately uh. it's like shits and giggles. I just <laughs> thought I'm intrigued to see how much I could stick
2: through this. Did you I watched g- it. I have a giggle while
1: watching it. Uh, I I I didn't. No. Oh, okay. Um, but I did I did watch it. I, I can't think of anything that I particularly skipped through. It I, I, wasn't. It wasn't like it a chance. To? It would certainly be better than whatever was on Raw. I mean, even going by the kind of grapple up, even though there was no <laughs> matches on there that were like. I mean, Asuka Charlotte was was a was a good match. Mm. Although I'm very wary of what they're doing. Um, in terms of that Asuka's now in the women's battle royal, will that even make the pre-show? And mm. you know, two weeks before going into Mania, she would have she was the champion. I mean, it's, it's somewhat ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's a it's a strange thing because watching, we've talked about this other stuff that we've watched in terms of Kenny Omega and that documentary, and that you know something looking at the artistic aspect to talk about. British independent wrestling that, that we've seen independent in, in inverted commas, but also um, you're watching SmackDown and it is just like watching. Um, I don't know, just a sort of generic soap. Mm. We spoke, speak about soaps quite a bit on here and it just feels like watching it. it follows all the kind of tropes of it. So when there's the interviews of the weird people looking off to the side and stuff, and that stuff just looks so strange to me at this point because I don't watch WWE TV, main roster TV. Mm. Um, it's going into this show, it, 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 I can't say I'm particularly excited for Mania itself, but the way they're trying to big themselves up with the the main event being in terms of Charlotte, Rhonda, and Becky, and I wanted to point out on this, there are three women's matches out of sixteen on that card. That's going to be on 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 for WrestleMania. So sort of less than twenty percent. Well, so there were three, big... four.
2: There were. Is four. there four? No, there were four. There yeah. was four until they took the Asuka match off. Yeah. So there was a you know a more kind of logical percentage, but mm-hmm. then they decided to knock the Asuka match off.
0: What? What? I mean, are the the women's match other than Asuka? Are there, are there other women's wrestlers we're desperately missing from the Mania card? Well, know. it's
1: it's. But it, this is all about the build to it. This is probably the point. So much of this has been thrown together in the last few weeks. Oh yeah, definitely. And so they did the logical thing with SmackDown, which was concentrate on the on the gauntlet primarily and the Kofi storyline. <laughs> and, and that's and as a match, like kind of a bizarre match to watch in and of itself but the crowd really were in oh, the they're New into day it. and they're, they're into really it, into it. kofi and yeah. they're booking it and i don't like this storyline because of the amount of times that we've seen it so many times before from it and people seem to go ah you know you thought that vince was going to bury kofi you will have his wrestlemania moment and in my head all i'm thinking is. In three months time is he going to be with this (laughs) i very much doubt it he'll have got bored of this by may
0: yeah well i mean i watched smackdown because you know i didn't want to leave you on your own jp i wouldn't do what you did to me with progress you know i'm not like that Um, (laughs) but i kind of yeah (laughs) i had the same reaction that like i i've in some ways enjoyed the build but it's been you know it's that same WWE story. They'll always, they they'll always tell. There's nothing new about it, and it's Vince. The big takeaway I had from watching this back down that Vince is still the alpha. You know, da- yeah. Daniel Bryan might be the the heel. You know, Kofi and the New Day might be the baby faces, but Vince is still standing in the ring, telling Bryan to shut up, and Bryan's just being obedient and stopping. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's the one. i uh, creating these illogical gauntlets, and he's the one. You know. Who's the main foil in the story? We've seen it all before, haven't we? And as always, the uh, the McMahon's the star.
1: That's it. And I, I mean, I wrote down in my notes a fight. Somebody should be openly mocking him at this point because <laughs> the, the impression I got when I saw Vince is he's melting. Hmm. He is. It's like <laughs> jacked up Vince is melting in front of our eyes and aging. It's like an incredibly slow version of that bit of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where the the guy drinks from the wrong chalice and ends up kind of melting. Imagine that done very, very slow motion. But Vince is melting away <laughs> while trying to still do all the same movements. It's it's weird. <laughs> he can't
2: melt soon enough.
1: Oh, basically, yeah, <laughs> he, what... he was he coming out like standing in their face. Like someone mm. should be shoving him, just go fuck off like that. Like, <laughs> like just being completely dismissive of him. Kevin yeah. Owens
2: headbutted him, but then the other day he put Kevin Owens in the title match, didn't he? Oh. It's, really, what was that? What was that for? Why on earth did Kevin Owens ever headbutt him? Why did he do that? And it's never mentioned. It ever went anywhere. It's just like this again. Oh, I'm going to say it. Moment booking. It is once yeah. again. And none of this stuff yeah. is ever valued anymore. It never goes anywhere. Like I don't know. It's just it's just depressing. Isn't it? Triple <laughs> H and Batista. I find a hilarious example of, of a feud. Think about Triple H. Yeah and where he's positioned above everyone else when it comes to his feud and his match. He looks like the absolute fucking man.
1: Saying, While all strong, of the strong, doesn't he, with the, all the sort of... What did he say? He said, like, the diamonds of the indie scene.
2: Oh, yeah, like these little kids who are out there, just like... Pfft bowing down to him and thanking him for the opportunity. Do you think Triple H was on screen, would ever have been on screen thanking someone for an opportunity in 1995? Let alone in 1997 he was doing a DX thing. This, thanks for the opportunity, like, indebted to the brand and the company culture, makes everyone look like fucking mugs. You never saw Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks already, or AJ Styles when he was in New Japan, thanking New Japan for the opportunity. And look at them, they made absolute stars of themselves whereas these mugs these days put far too much stock in the brand and what the brand is if i ever see sasha banks cry again (laughs) he's going off immediately even even gargano we were raving about nxt earlier but
0: that's his story you know he's living his dream now he got turned down by wwe but he's fought his way through and he's lived his dream there is a the reality show contest winner is kind of a permanent character in WWE, isn't it? They love
2: putting that brand over constantly, don't they? And how valuable they are and what a mystique it all is. Like, Triple H has never thanked I don't know, Stephanie McMahon for opening her legs and then accepted his proposal of marriage. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Joey, you're
0: hyped. you're not you're not hyped then for Batista Triple H. I mean, that thing's gonna stink. Like there's no, yeah. there's no good that's gonna come from that match. Uh, I'm a I, Batista fan. I appreciate them bringing back. They should bring Batista back. They should make the most of him being this big Hollywood star. But I don't know. When was the last time you saw a great Batista match? Uh, I'm I worried about that one. First
2: it should be ten minutes brawl. Fast-paced, big spots.
1: Go home. That's what is no. Is it? Is it? um No holds barred or something like that. Inevitably,
2: it's going to be half an hour. Loads of slow shit. Loads That's of it. like sledgehammer as he comes up from the ring yeah. and all. <laughs> Steph's going to get involved. Yeah. Ah. He won't get the whole
0: able- evolution out there. Get Flair out
1: there. Get Randy out there. Bring Brothers out
2: a take- Jindrak. Uh, you <laughs> see we'll the a whole story
1: <laughs> Flair, Flair will be there. What about
2: like. the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy, baby? Oh yeah, there you Sprat go. Jump over them. Yeah, way. why not? <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: when when you mentioned uh, Melton Vince McMahon before, JP, by the way, I couldn't help but ever think it's a perfect time to bring up Kurt Angle. Uh, he had uh, those matches on Raw again because uh, you were doing it. I watched them. That I enjoyed. He did his match with with uh, Joe on Raw. I enjoyed mm. them doing the headbutt callback to to Impact even outright talking about the matches they'd had in the past, which was kind of weird for WWE. Um, and then Angle AJ on SmackDown was just oh. like... It was quite clearly no bumps for Kurt. It was a German suplex from Kurt. I think they had a calf-cusher, ankle-lock exchange, and then Randy Orton came out and RKO'd AJ. Like, they are desperately scared of bumping Kurt Angle, which begs the question, yeah. why is he in the ring on Sunday with Baron Corbin?
1: Exactly. And... It's it's awful. It's it's really horrible and hard to see mm. to see him this way. I mean, I think I, I saw That's some cool. of a match he had with Chad Gable mm. and that was really hard to watch. You know, cause yeah. Gable's sad. clearly very good. It's sad, but mm. he can't do it anymore. I mean, I a sort of, you know...
0: Corbin's lost... probably the right decision now, isn't it, at this point? Like I was saying on our last show, I hope that Cena comes out and I, I still think that might be the direction yeah. when they do a proper match. But actually some bells and whistles and something Corbin taking the piss that's probably the best idea
1: I, I was gonna say actually in a way that that isn't it's not something I want to see and I, I don't want to see this for the two reasons that the having Corbin there is is obviously terrible which with clearly an aim of trolling the crowd and bringing someone else out instead and, and doing the bells and whistles but also simultaneously um, seeing the state of angle. It's not something... Who really wants to see this? Austin didn't have that kind of farewell last match (coughs) ever. And Angle shouldn't have had one either. Because he's just physically not there at all. I
2: wish WWE had brought it back earlier. Rather than holding out for so long and being as Mm. stubborn as they wanted to be to prove some sort of empty point to only themselves for whatever reason... I wish they'd have brought him back earlier and let him just end his career earlier because it's long overdue at this point. And I think if they did it four years ago, five years ago, he'd have probably gone out of a really good match. But yeah, now it's just uh, kind of depressing, isn't it? Mm. Definitely.
0: I suppose we're into the Mania weekend kind of segment anyway, but I did want to say before we move on from 2EWE, Joe, how excited are you for Miz and Shane? Did you catch any of the build that they did for that? Did you see the gif, more importantly, of... uh, of Miz on SmackDown uh, and how they're building is as the big baby face.
2: Unfortunately, it's been a busy week oh, and it's been a, a link week... link for you there
0: in our group chat.
2: Oh, okay. I will uh, be taking a look at that as soon as we finish recording because, yeah, I need to get around and watch of that. there I've, I've fallen a bit behind with my uh, Miz and Shane feud viewing um, yeah. so I need to get back okay. on that. Because that's you... that's match of the weekend. That's right. the one I'm looking forward to more than any <laughs> other. If I'm completely honest,
0: you don't want to click it now and give us a live commentary.
1: Go on.
2: Oh, bloody hell! Go on then. I'm hoping Mrs. Dan's in like a shark cage, as they like to call it, above the ring during the match. Now that Vince clearly ain't going to be involved. <laughs> there's a
1: great photo. <laughs> and what am I? What am I watching here? So this is.
2: That's the Miz getting angry. Uh, didn't he's, he beat he's... up loads of security? He's fighting guards? through
1: security, and then up on the ramp, there's sanity. Uh, Carlos Jesus. Is it Carlos Cologne and yeah. Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Wow. Carlos Primo. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. Primo. Uh, yeah, that's a Shelton Benjamin. There he's all of Sanity attacking. Oh, he's just taking on Big Day, bro. <laughs> He is. Think of how, how oh, Alexander sure. Wolf was. I'm going to
2: as well. Yeah, I'm loving Shane's casual attire there as well. I'm just looking like a boss, as usual. Just standing up on the ramp. <laughs> wow. Good to see things are working out well for Sanity. It's shame to see Eric Young get a and taken to him, isn't it, JP? I know, exactly. But it TLA is the TNA memories there. It
1: is the Miz. Or global <laughs> world Fucking huh? it hell. Like, he's yeah.
2: like Austin in 1998. <laughs> Just taking on all covers. You'll be
1: you'll be pleased to know that he found time to recover after this to cheer on the New Day and their Gauntlet match as well. Just in the background. Just Why just was he doing there. that? I don't know. So yeah. Is yeah. he aligned with the New Day? They were all, Becky Lynch was there watching he's it. Babyface, well. is super oh. babyface, Miz. Yeah, he hangs on with the baby faces now.
2: Oh, so, right. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: <laughs> That's how it uh, works.
2: Yeah, so, I've noticed.
1: So, I suppose we've established
0: we're not... I'm excited for Mania weekend, but Mania itself not hugely excited about, but there's sleeper matches that might be good. Roman and Drew Galloway oh, might on. be alright.
2: Finn and Lashley who is going to be cares? terrible. Who cares for that? There's a well, lot of that.
1: A lot of people who will be loving Roman in the stadium, won't they? I, I, of will there? They? Well, they'll be playing up the the storyline they've been okay. building up and the way into it. But
2: is the match interesting? No. No, no, oh, no, absolutely no, 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 it's not an It's an no. emergency Roman
0: match, isn't it? It's we've got nothing else, we didn't know we we're gonna have Roman, let's put him against Drew. Um, yeah, yeah. whether yeah. you think they'll deliver in ring, I don't know.
2: Um, but how yeah. are these matches gonna get any time? Yeah, it's boring, so it? bloody many. And Triple H has got to have a 40 minute segment at least. <laughs> that's just for the entrance as well when he comes
0: out as the King of Kings, yeah. uh, and Shane's got to have his big entrance as well. You know, you've got to give Shane so his 40 good. minute plunder match. What it's his... going to be a late night on the Sunday, isn't it?
1: His bratty kids shuffling on stage again. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Let's come and watch
2: Dad like, risk his life and almost get murdered by The Undertaker. <laughs> Front row seat kids. <laughs> uh, what else are you uh, excited about
0: there, Mania weekend? It's an uh, absolutely stacked weekend. JP, we should probably blow the lid on it now. Me and you are going to be doing... Mm. Like we're going to be doing podcasts over the weekend yeah like we did last year what are we thinking last year we did a podcast for each of the the days of the uh, the streaming weekend um we're going to do the same this year but yeah it's going to be absolutely crazy isn't it there's so so much to choose on from the weekend
1: there is and and this time around we're going to be covering a lot more of the fed and the build mm. up to it as well so there's going to be that. There's going Your to be choice. that aspect that we're going to be doing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's my choice. I, you know, I go in this. I hope the free Fed will.
2: doesn't catch on. That's a terrible <laughs> slang term for WWE. It
1: really is. <laughs> it really
2: is. Yeah, anyone who uses that's got to be outed. To... <laughs> Dinosaurs and. Yeah. Um, the show I'm looking forward to is ipw's uh, IPW's uh over <laughs> to uh <laughs> to... Why are they there Why? have you seen the card? Have you heard the Is there a card? There? I didn't even know they were selling tickets. Oh mate, the the card, James Storm, Jimmy Havoc, main event. Oh Rob Sharp versus Joe Gacy, Bobby Tyler defending the IPW women's championship, a five-way with Danny Duggan, Connor Mills. Who else could I see
1: there? Um, oh, the Ogema.
2: Oh, the Ogema. Fair play to him to get in over there. And then the epic match that I'm most looking forward to, Juicy Gambino versus Rob Lynch. Rob wow. Lynch in New York for WrestleMania weekend. Do you think he's got a visa? Mate, there's going to be queues around the corner for that one. Trust me. <laughs>
1: that that oh, place is going yes. to be bustling on the 5th of April. Well, did, you, did you hear about the? Did you hear about the the ticket things that come up when people are, were trying to get tickets for IPW? for IPW? No, right, it was coming up as tickets for a dollar. Oh my god! I mean that that was something. Is that an admin error? Somebody had screenshotted it where it was um, they were going to buy a ticket for IPW and it was one it was one dollar. There was just a screenshot that I saw of it um, on Twitter that was going when i'd gone through it would
2: you pay a dollar to watch rob lynch
1: i mean as a card it not something that completely gets me at at all this is you have to say that probably this feels like a card that could be in unit nine and milton (laughs) jeans doesn't it (laughs) so i suppose in that sense you're getting the authentic ipw experience um (laughs) hang on jp we're gonna get legal threats we are, right, we're well, you
2: may as well again. transport that product that's got everyone buzzing over to New York because there's oh. such a first for the product in New York.
1: So, I mean, I don't know, like like I say, there's, don't know how it is with the tickets for, for this at the moment, whether or not, but I did see something that it hadn't gone well. But that's, I can imagine that being a massive issue all over Mayny weekend because there's so many cars that are oh. running and there's, in terms of, venues and where people are gonna be able to be. there's gonna be some of these shows. You remember from last time we would watch it was one of those Evolve show, shows that we watched, but it was like seventy five mm. people there. Matt Riddle literally slapped hands with every person. Well, that was style
0: was, battle wasn't it? Yeah. So it, battle, was I think you we were running head to head with NXT in fairness, but it was still fucking yeah. daft. There's gonna be a lot of that isn't it? Like I'm just looking I'm trying to work out what I'm gonna be streaming. Never mind being there and having to dodge from place to place. Like the, the, the first day has got evolves on but it's opposite that independent wrestling tv show blood mm-hmm. on but it's opposite wxw wrestlecon's on but it's opposite ddt and impacts even running head-to-head with kaiju big battle i mean I'm ex- of those shows i'm excited for blood Sports. that's always fun uh mm-hmm. I, I mean it was fun last year so i could i can see the the concept kind of translating again and being a lot of fun again this year it's something that Really stands out as far as the show goes. It's something different, isn't it? You're not going to get, you know, Hideki Suzuki versus Tim Thatcher, who's criminally underutilized that weekend, as far as I'm concerned, mm. or Midori Suzuki against Josh Barnett on that show as well. Uh, it's that's... Frank Mir on it as well. Yeah, Frank he is. Dan Seven, he's facing. Yeah. 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 That's, a, that's a pick for me as far as like the first day goes. That's one I know I'm absolutely going to watch, even if it is head to head with WXW, which I do want to see too.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing as well. I do want to see uh, WXW, but that, um, uh, after that, there's the WrestleCon Super Show, which I remember really enjoying last yeah, year. Yeah, that's usually as well.
2: a good variety sort of card as well. And then Osprey Bandido on top. That's a match I definitely want to yeah. see. Oh, that's a standout yeah. match of the weekend, I think. Yeah, definitely. A Match I'm definitely looking forward to is uh, Amazing Red versus Phoenix at House of Glory Wrestling. Yeah, that's, we were
0: talking about them match. last week, weren't we? We didn't uh, pick up on that being a match, but that, as well as that that big six man with uh, with Great Muta, uh, Tajiri and Pentagon against the uh, LAX and Loki on the team. Loki, yeah. like To be honest, House of Glory. I mentioned last week that I'd watched one of their random uh, matches from last year with Amazing Red and uh, Anthony Gangon. That. Is one of the shows that's actually sticking out to me as a as a much-watched show that's on the Saturday. Um, I think they're on right before Ring of Honor, so perfectly then. Quite excited for that one.
1: Yeah, I'll be you know looking at that one that that's going to be on. That's on the Saturday, is it?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just before
1: yeah. Ring of Honor. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean that that Saturday is obviously going to be dominated by the the sort of Ring of Honor New Japan Supercard at MSG, but as a build-up to it, it, sounds it sounds really good. It, it feels like the Friday. Uh, sorry, the Thursday and the Friday is kind of much more wacky with mm. the uh, the kind of shows that are going on. Obviously, with everything, hopefully nothing running up against NXT or the or the Ring of Honor show as well. Um, there is Janela running up against NXT. Apparently, yeah.
0: That's an odd one. I would have thought he'd be after NXT. Are you going to bother with any of the Janela shows this year?
1: I will. I'll, I'll, I'll be watching... I'll be watching one of the... I'm sure I'll be watching Spring Break. I mean, I I, I think that'll be the case. The Penis Party one, I don't care for. I'll give the first Janela show a go, see what that's like, and then if that's great, fine. Um, the Orange Cassidy one is not one that I'm particularly bothered by in essay at the moment. I think there's too much of the kind of wacky cards that are, that are on here between Spring Break, between... Orange Cassidy between the penis party, the you know mm. they're all much of the much of the same, aren't they? Mm. It's,
0: oh, it's... Yeah, it's meme wrestler versus meme wrestler stuff, isn't it? it? Is. does it really well. I mean, I think I will yes. watch both of the Janella shows. I think I, the way they promote it, and I like Joey Janela as a as a wrestler and quote unquote promoter. I'm still intrigued by by what they're doing, uh, but I can't say at
1: any point I'm going to be watching any of the Joey Ryan stuff. No, um, and it feels like it's, It's. Uh, I don't know, for him, he's now, I mean, he's managed to get out of his Looter Underground contract, hasn't he? So he's managed, I don't know if you guys had heard about that, there's a few of them managing to get out of the Looter Underground contracts now, so the assumption would be that he's going to be going to AEW, he's been in, obviously quite heavily featured within being the elite, um, but this one feels like, it feels like it's cashing in on the, the meme wrestling so for Mm. me it doesn't have necessarily any of the buzz and to be honest isn't every show he does generally joey ryan's penis party that's (laughs) that's pretty much the theme of him and good luck to me he's done an amazing job at doing it and been really successful at doing it Mm. but i've seen this before i don't know what else Mm. at all in he was literally he had the penis druids out i don't think you're gonna go much beyond that they announced any matches for that
2: i haven't seen anything
1: match-wise for it at
2: all for joey ryan
1: yeah
0: yeah Uh, i'm just trying to look now as far as that show goes david Arkefi, david arkeffy tim thatcher i'd forgotten about that
2: Ah, if it was nick gage
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean speaking of me oh and there's that main event as well they've announced uh, it's joey ryan Venus, and sexy eddie against session moth martina priscilla kelly and scarlet bordeaux that's a match uh, I don't think I'm going to be watching. I moment. won't
2: ever be going anywhere near
0: that match. Uh, you're <laughs> any more interested in the Janela stuff? He's got Orange Cassidy against Takamishinoku and the, the Rock and Roll Express against LAX. That's, that's a oh, bit more that, aware.
2: That is, that's inspired, that. That's, that's great. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: yeah, I'll have a flick through that stuff. Um, I think it's definitely intriguing. Uh, I was at the show last year and I, I didn't love it live, if I'm honest, but I think it was just because I was just so out of it cause with jet lag at that point in time. It just hit me hard uh, and that clusterfuck killed me. But before that, like, Walter P.C.O. was great. Uh, Nick Gage Pentagon was awesome as well. And yeah, it was a unique and interested evening. So yeah, I'll, I'll flick through some of that stuff. Like Masato Tanaka against uh, La Parker. That's that's a match I've got to watch as well. But there's some weird stuff that'll always get, or from a curiosity, uh, st- from a curiosity
1: standpoint, it'll always get me watching some of it at least. It's just guessing what will be this year's P.C.O. Walter. As mm. being the, the kind of the wacky match that really stands out.
2: Mm. Yeah,
0: what's, what's the one we're all going to be talking about Monday morning? Because, yeah. yeah,
1: God help Plenty us. Plenty of choice for this. it.
2: For me at the moment, I think, honestly, and this is uh, this is living up to the old Rev Joe moniker, oh. uh, the, the best match in any indie at the moment is Osprey and Tanahashi against Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. That's sort of like that is... about as high level as you can get the for best... a... An indie the show Japan sort of those hit. Rev
0: Pro cards aren't they, but yeah, know, that's Rev Pro, isn't it? That's kind of what it is. The I think
2: it's Japan, and I don't think they've announced enough matches yet. Because mm. if you look at them, you've got Ishi against Star in a rematch, but they won't be flying Star out there. Uh, Star's based out there, and he's working about a million matches that weekend. The mm. only person who looks like someone Rev Pro might be paying the the airfare for is chris brooks but he's also on um Fight, i imagine Fight Club pro are paying half the fee for him as well maybe wxw so mm-hmm. i'm just waiting for a couple of rev pro regulars like an el phantasmo or a josh Bodum to be announced on that card and i'm wondering if they're going to announce even after the cockpit because at the moment it is looking and as much as i'm looking forward to that match and to ishi star again
0: mm,
3: it
2: which is a very lo- rare pro match yeah, it is looking too New Japan-centric. As appealing as that's going to be to get people in for that show because, you know, if you can see Tanahashi in a smaller setting and you can see Ishii in a singles match in that sort of setting over a WrestleMania weekend when you're there, you're going to go. Like, that's really appealing. I think those are the two most attractive-looking matches outside of all the gimmicky stuff, the meme-like stuff, on the entire weekend from what I've seen regarding indies. Definitely.
0: Uh, any other thoughts on, on Mania weekend or anything else you're looking forward to? Uh, the WXW card looks a bit more interesting than, than it had a uh, look going in. They, they haven't got a use of Walter. They haven't got use of uh, Ilya. But they put together a very WXW-looking card. I kind of like the the look of, like, they've got, you know, they've got Bobby Guns versus Erie. You're probably not going to be into that one, uh, Joe. <laughs> but lucky kid David Starr. Uh, LAX are on their show against Ian Simmons and Alexander James absolute Andy's working Chris Brooks uh, it's a very WXW looking card, the Avalanche is on the card against Darby Allen. Um, <laughs> they, they, they put the effort they put the effort in as far as making it a WXW show uh, but I do think yeah, without Walter O'Reilly yeah, maybe you're missing a, a big headline match.
2: I'm wondering if when Bobby Guns is smoking his fag, Irie is going to be sucking his dummy at the same time <laughs> A king of sucks style or something. Yeah. Take that out of your wheel. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that, that looks like a perfectly solid card. It's a real shame Walt was not there. I think that's a you know, a real black hole on any WXW card mm. when you're trying to export the product. And Ilya as well, like two absolute staples of that promotion. It's massive shame they're not there. But I think they've put some decent stuff together there. Um do you know ticket sales have been proof for that one? Are they started well but then kind of stagnated. Yeah, Any update? No do, really? No. I
1: don't know, but you would hope with all of these shows that have have done okay on the ticket sales, there's a big walk up, yeah. Don't you? That it almost becomes like uh, the Edinburgh Festival. So yeah. We talk about IPW earlier on. You never know; there might be a sort of a rush of people who are like or wrestling fans who are around who might find themselves going to the show.
2: But <laughs> all the wrestling fans are Jamaica Queens that weekend, <laughs> just hanging around. <laughs> oh, wow, they've heard Bobby Tyler in town, so I'm sure they get along to see who a mystery opponent is in their title match. You know, <laughs> uh, I didn't realise Kyle O'Reilly was wrestling Austin Theory on one of the Evolve cards as well. Like Evolve, yeah. I just think is a you know just a boring, dull promotion. But
1: isn't there the WWE versus Evolve shows they're doing over that week?
2: No, or... that's the week after that's
1: in Evil e- e- like City. That. Yeah, yeah. Your favourite place, Evil City. Yeah,
2: I've been. <laughs> But, um, yeah, Kyle O'Reilly's quite a coup, I suppose, on that Evolve show. But, man, I've watched some boring Evolve shows on WrestleMania weekends before. I won't be watching any of their shows. Will you?
0: I watched the first one just because it's the first show on the Thursday. It's 5 yeah. o'clock, I think, our time. It's either that or that independent TV show. that I've, It's got a lot of names on it that I don't know. And I've, I've heard people saying that could be a sleeper card of the weekend, just as, as one that brings in. You know, a lot of names that you might be exposed to for the first time. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm tempted to go with Evolve. Just, it's the old familiar of WrestleMania weekend. I never enjoy it. The, the crowds are always flat, but there's always one or two matches <laughs> where I go, okay, I've got my Evolve fix for, for the year. What else is next? <laughs> it wouldn't be many a weekend without it
1: yeah <laughs> without without a dead evolve card yeah that's it you need it
0: uh, but yeah we'll be covering all that on the on the podcast uh joe's gonna be away with me and jp will be covering it uh all all next weekend uh the first show First real, sl- I mean, there's a WrestlePluro show on the Wednesday that we haven't talked about, but I'm not watching that. That's a standalone uh, straggler of a card. But the it, the things kick off proper on Thursday, so me and JP will be recording Friday evening, and yeah, we'll uh, be recording something covering each of the days and our, our highlights and, and lowlights of the weekend. And yeah, if I if I find myself uh, on my couch at nine in the morning again watching Joey Janela's Spring Breakers, my girlfriend gets oh. out of bed and asks me what I'm doing with my life. That's kind of the goal, really. Uh,
2: that's nah, what happens with these You know what? Weekends. There really is some utter shit on this weekend as well. I'm just flicking through. ISW Boner Jam 4 balls out. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, yeah. What's the main event? The, the Kings are crazy clash with the High Flyers here. This is reading from um, Arn Furious's website. So thanks, Arn. Boner Jam promises a ray of talent, including the main event where the fans bring the Legos death batch. AD Star versus Matt Tremont <laughs> versus Jeff Cannonball versus Viking. Oh. As of a lot of the smaller shows, there are some out there names in the undercar, but it's a chance to impress. Yeah, I won't be going near that one. Will you?
1: It's, uh, oh, this it's, is very you. All this all is funny. very JP. Oh, I'm in Delaware, shouldn't it? <laughs> we all have a look at Matt Tremont. No, I won't be. Able to, I've seen Matt Tremont. I don't need to see it. You see <laughs> him again. Um... Yeah, I won't be watching that. I don't want to see any death matches over that w- over that weekend. If I can get away with avoiding it. I probably won't be watching Kaiju Big Battel because I won't lie, last time I didn't fucking get have a clue what it was about. <laughs> sort of the, like, like I said to you last time, there was a lad with a Brussels sprout on his head, at which point I thought I descended genuinely into madness because I watched nothing but wrestling for two days straight and thought, I've got to get some sleep here. Yeah.
2: You're going to watch Scott Steiner versus Hornswoggle.
1: <laughs> I probably, that'll be, there'll be gifts covering that one on there.
2: Is that Nick Gage versus Grado as well? I
1: don't think so. I think they're just on the card for that one.
2: They should do that as a match. <laughs> if they want to have a gimmicky match, that's a match to Nick listen. Gage versus Grado. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that'll be WrestleMania
0: 2020 uh, if WWE let any Indies uh, run that weekend. But yeah, that's another yeah. story. Uh, okay. Uh, any other thoughts on media weekends or anything else? Or should we get out of here?
1: Uh, we should get out of here but I'm terrified by the sheer amount of wrestling that's on that weekend. I''m, I'm gonna have to just not watch wrestling for like you got your kids on mania Sunday oh, okay I'm gonna try and see if I can make them I'll make them watch the pre-show bit because they'll think oh I can stay up late and I and then they'll just be begging to go to bed and they've realized it's the two battle royals both of which look shite <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> those yeah. poor kids.
1: <laughs> I'm at the point now where this is just like how far can I absolutely push this is, is this serious psychological damage being played or just something we laugh about in years to come
0: <laughs> uh, you can follow me on twitter at benson richard e follow jp at JPJP. follow the grapple app at grapple app on twitter and also download grapple uh both on the apple app store by searching for word grapple no e uh search for it on the android google play store as well grapple no e and you can find it there and put on all your ratings but yeah as we said uh, we'll be back uh, with a few shows over next weekend so not just the Monday, and yeah, JP. Let's hope we uh, we don't go entirely insane by the time
1: uh, that last Monday show goes out. Fingers crossed, praying for your spreadsheet to get it into some sort of organisation. Uh, that's where I, I
0: am. I'm working on it, mate. I'm working on <laughs> it. Uh, but yeah, that's it for us for a show. We'll see you on Friday.
1: Bye.
3: It my shop Jimmy. God damn it! See, I love you. It just need to re-say to, to you. Yeah. Fucking do it, you god-shake! <laughs> an It's An I'll
2: say you in cold, way you want the arches. You can have the arches. never! One little poster. You never
1: know. I mean, you oh, know. No. no! No, let's not sit down and talk sensibly about this. Just get out the lawyer. Check,
3: check out. Check, check out. See you, chicken. <laughs>
2: All I need is crack. Coffee, darling. No sugar. Sweet enough.
1: Don't know where she is, alright? Six fully grown Spanish hombres it took to put him down. You call him, you say hello, and then you pass me the phone. Sorry to arrive unannounced, Phil.